Today's episode of Bitter Units is brought to you in part by the American Homebrewers Association. The AHA has a host of benefits for joining, including discounts at over 2,500 beer businesses like breweries, bars, restaurants, and homebrew supply shops in the U.S. and worldwide. You'll also get access to discounts on many brewing publications, award-winning homebrew recipes, and expert advice. Go to bitterunits.com to learn more. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. But it's different than it's a different sort of bitterness than those are. Sure. Um, but no. Would you it, say it's a bitter it's, unit? Uh, yes. No. That's right, JT. God damn. <laughs> we gotta have the ability to mute him. Good evening. And welcome to the latest edition of Bitter Units, a beard cod beer podcast. I can't even talk yet, and I just started drinking. Um, but hosted by the tailgatesociety.com. You can find us on Twitter at Bitter Units. Uh, podcasts are Apple, you know, Spotify, all of those. You can just look us up now as at, at Bitter Units. Uh, we have our own stream. We're also still available at the Tailgate Society stream. You can find us there along with all of the great content from those folks. But you know all that, and we'll talk more about it as we go. But here we are to drink more beer. And Tim, you've established a very good record of bringing us fantastic guests, and I have a feeling you've done it again. Tell us who's here to educate my dumbass. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited because I didn't even realize we were going to get a two for tonight, but this is fantastic. One of, you know, I talk a lot about all of my beer Twitter friends, and they're people that I don't get to see uh, or meet in person often. But one of the people that I've considered to be a, a very dear friend of mine, uh, Libby Kreider from Second Shift, has joined us tonight. But we're also lucky in that she has suckered steve crater into joining us as well to be able to talk about all of the great things they're doing at second shift brewing in st louis missouri which as we've mentioned on this pod aaron your brother lives in st louis so i we're just really excited to talk a little bit more about their beer i've had an opportunity to, to drink a ton of their beer and i'm you know very grateful for that but i think we've got some some new things that we're going to sample tonight as well so Libby, Steve, welcome to Bitter Units. Thanks for having us. Yeah. JT, I'm going to need to see more of that cat, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey. Hey. Aww. Aww. A little black kitty. I'll give the over-under about three minutes before he starts trying to chew the uh, microphone or the uh, headphone cord. Oh, he, he likes, yeah. he, he's a lap cat. His name's Adorov. He's a little sweetie. But he also gets rambunctious and attacks the other cat. So, oh, good. That's so it usually doesn't like that very much. But, but yeah. So, and I like the cat on. I like all the cats on your artwork. That's badass. Yeah, we're we're kitty cats. I mean, we had five at once. Now we're down to. I think we're down to three finally. We're thinning out the herd. Oh my gosh, we're not thinning out the herd. <laughs> <laughs> what is um, the collection of cats called? Yeah. Uh, Clowder. Clowder, there you go, okay. Clowder of cats? A clowder of cats, there we go. Yeah, a collection of cats. Don't ask me how I Do you have a beer (laughs) named that yet? No. Clowder of cats? You should. Um, 
We've, I mean, we've had barn cats since we started, and then we have our house cats. And we've also fostered and uh, had the ability to adopt out several cats. Um, we don't have any cats right now, unfortunately. The last one died pretty... In the brewery. There's three in the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Our last brewery cat died pretty suddenly and tragically, so we're not kind of ready yet. Yeah. No more, no more animals. It's tough to, yeah. And right on cue, he just kicked the other cat out of the cat bed <laughs> she was comfortably sleeping in. So... But no, losing losing a cat, it, it's so like losing a pet. People who don't under have pets don't understand how incredibly heartbreaking it is, and sure. how much it takes out of you. And when people say pets are like their kids, I I completely understand in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, oh, way well, to good. bring that, down that, the pod, a, JT. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all died yesterday too. So anyway, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Happy Steve is here. Steve, no. do you want to tell them about how the brewery... I was not um, from the brewery from the start. I started with the brewery about three years after its inception when Steve and I met. But I figured Steve could tell about the brewery's inception. And- yeah, it started the brewery, I guess, back in nine. I got my all my licensing in nine. Uh, after brewing, I guess, mom got me a home brewing kit, Christmas in 99. And by March, as a home brewer, I, yeah, through, I guess three months later, shit, I had 10 taps, 42 kegs. I'm a welder, machinist, fabricator. That's what I've done my whole life. So I built a 10-gallon stainless steel system. I was brewing 20 gallons a week, dumping a lot of beer. It was good beer, but you can't, I can't drink 20 gallons a week. Right. Uh, but I just got obsessed with it. <coughs> and then, <coughs> hold on, I'm choking on spit. Uh, <laughs> then... Uh, <laughs> Then, oh, eight or so, I, I went to, did the Siebel thing, which was fun. Uh, got back from there. That was, yeah, February till May, I think. Got back from Europe and then immediately started tearing down a building where my where I was going to build a brewery. And then I built the whole thing. The only thing I didn't do was the concrete work. That sucks. So I had somebody else do that. Built the whole building. Stayed out there till, I guess, twenty. 16 end of 16 we moved here mm-hmm. and we, i was an hour west i was out in the country it was on 200 something acres out in the middle of nowhere we were a production only brewery yeah, yeah i was i guess uh i do everything i'm just making beer i didn't know yours i should have called myself a farmhouse brewery that have been super cool i could have doubled the price of the beer <laughs> <laughs> it's the first beer I ever brewed art of neurosis which you guys have i've always double dry hopped it. i did when i was home brewing I made that beer. I've been making that same beer for years and years, but I never double dry hopping was a thing. Yeah, I I guess I didn't think about it till like this year. I should have put DDH on it and raised the price of it, you know, because it's cool. But I've always made IPAs. I mean, for years I made three or four or five IPAs, and I just double dry hopped. That's what I did. Every IPA I did till we moved here. Then I kind of learned a little lessons that you don't. It's not that big a deal, and. You don't have to put 17,000 pounds of hops in, la di da da But anyway, uh, yeah, we, we moved to the city then in end of 16, and now we have, you know, I went from 3,000 square feet to 18,000 square feet, and me and her till, you know, nine or ten employees, and now it's a now it's a business and a brewery, and we can have people here. And the cows weren't drinking any beer out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we were in the middle of farmland. Yeah, yeah, rolling hills, 
I'm actually really proud of the fact that we didn't have to market shit as double dry hopped because that's just what we've yeah. done. Um, and it wasn't used as a marketing tool. Right. Um, but like you said, we were in the middle of nowhere. We were an hour out of St. Louis. We were a destination brewery. Um, and we didn't have a tap room. Yeah, no taste room. It was just a brewery. You know, that was it. And it was it was great when it was just he and I. But then we found out I was pregnant unexpectedly. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, we need to do something for our family. So we moved in St. Louis in 16. Yeah. To open up a tasting room. and. Yeah, I think we got the tasting room open right right like November of, of 16 December 17th or something 16 yeah yeah cuz then I uh I brewed the first batch here I think Christmas Eve yeah we were on Friday night in the, in the uh busy falls deep in the tasting room I'm trying to brew in the evening to get the first beer out of the brewery cuz we didn't have any beer mm-hmm. for months uh then the health inspector showed up and Saw cats and a pair. I got a. We got a pair. I got an African gray in, in in there. Otis the and, and, Yeah, Otis. He's in. He's in there by the brewery. And then her parents were here with their dog, and her dog was on a leash. And this guy liked the shit. What the fuck? <laughs> all these animals are in the building, and naturally, you're gonna die if you got a pet in your kitchen or around you. You know. It doesn't yeah. that that the brewing process yeah. kills anything in it, but God anyway, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was that was how we started here in St. Louis, and. But now it's great. I mean, we, we love it. There's, there's, there's people here, you know, and, and now we're running. It's been, I guess, 10 or 11, coming up in 12 years maybe now, I guess. Well, it, it always helps when there's people to drink the beer. I mean, you mentioned starting off as a home brewer. I, I started off, <clears throat> excuse me, before I start, before I went pro, I started off as a home brewer as well. And I had, I don't, I don't know that I ever got up to, eight taps i had four in the garage three in the basement and two on the main level so what is that nine taps hmm. um yeah uh, and yeah i i couldn't keep up with it it was me and, and my neighbors and my neighbors would come over and, and drink in the garage i set up a tv out there and pretended like i was running my own little brewery out there sure. uh, but but even then it's still it's it's hard to run through all of that beer and then well, you know yeah. you you jump into production out out you know without a, a, a tasting room uh, it's fantastic. It's so much better to have customers that can actually come in and, and enjoy convert. your beer with you. Yeah. It was weird. We were wholly unprepared for it, how much people wanted our beer. Like, I remember setting aside three half barrels of everything for seven different taps, and by the end of the night, it was like, oh, shit, we don't have anything. Yeah. But also one of the things that's frustrating, like we met on Beer Twitter, Tim, is mm-hmm. – the people that give shit for like, oh, you're a home brewer and think you can start a brewery, like, how the fuck do you think we're gonna start? Like, yeah. you want like a marketing person to? Yeah, start I never a understood that. How do you understand that the people that give shit to folks that are home brewers that want to start a brewery? Yes, I understand that there's a very um, diverse home brewing aspect, but like. The people that give shit to home brewers that start a brewery has never been something. Yeah, I'm surprised how many brewers. Ah, there's a goddamn home brewer out there, and, and you know, out in the tasting room right now. Yeah, you yeah. were, I was, everybody was. There's no, there's no accountant sitting in the office today going, "Tomorrow I'm starting a goddamn brewery." I never brewed a batch of beer, but I'm starting a big brewery tomorrow. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Jim Cook is a Harvard MBA, might be an exception <laughs> yeah. there, right? Um, but he was yeah. doing it as a business. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's a few people that do it as a business. 
And there's a lot of then people that do it for love. There's right? a, then there's yeah. us dummies who just want to make a lot of beer, you know. No, I, but I also appreciate that, you know, you did the Siebel pr program and you went out there and it wasn't just that you went, hey, my best friend loves my beer so I can make a business out of it. Yeah. You, you, know, yep. you, you certainly took time to, <laughs> to learn. Which uh, I think is man, I don't know about that. I didn't learn anything. I had a great time. <laughs> he did a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, I mean, uh, That's I a theme. Already I reading, yeah. Reading everything I could get my hands on. And I learned a, a, a tiny millionth of yeast genetics because we had a two hour class on yeast genetics. And I know all, everything about yeast genetics. You know. <laughs> uh, but I. It was a great time, great networking. I have buddies now that from that do we still, me and her still see. Oh my gosh, uh, David from Wiseacre. Mm -hmm. We have, um, we're going over to Vietnam later this year, hopefully yeah, uh, pending vaccination. Yeah, yeah. From a, sure. we have so many contacts that we've met that he met in brewing. School. Yeah, that was the best thing about. It. I mean, I got all these it. friends like, now around they're, they're the world, now... literally. Oh sure, yeah. sure, yeah. So so it's we good. just had, we just had uh, John Laffler on. Uh, from off color and he kind of said I'm like you know his his business partner in off color you know they they met at, at Siebel and they yeah, went through that business yeah. partners from here his uh uncle lives here yeah oh nice yeah so I mean yeah I think some of that too just having a lot of other resources <laughs> in the industry that you can bounce things off of or sure, sure. ask questions or use as resources but you know Steve you mentioned doing welding before uh, you know, I did some arc welding in, in ag mechanics class in high school. And my dad had, you know, a, a welder in the garage and I would fix my basketball hoop when I would break it. You know, that type of thing. I, I never How got. How did you break a basketball hoop? <laughs> You're five foot two. <laughs> I, well, no, I'm. that's a little modest, Aaron. I'm five foot two and a half. Uh, but no, uh, you know. Uh, it, it's one of those things where having that skill is one that I always wish that I had as a professional brewer for all of the things in the brew house that either, it doesn't matter how you've built your brew house that you want to, uh, change something or there, there's always somewhere where that skill can come in handy. I'm sure you've probably employed it more than it once. Probably 99% of what I do. Mm -hmm. Maintenance guy. It's the reason why we're yeah. still open is the fact that he's able to fix 99% of the problems that happen. I mean, I, inst I did everything. I installed all the tanks, ran all the glycol, made my own glycol system out of two, uh, installed a boiler, installed a brand new boiler, welded. I mean, I, I just, that's what I've, I'm good old fashioned flash. That's what I do. Yeah. You got your own welder then, I'm guessing? Uh, four? Yeah, yeah. Miller? <laughs> job and late, late <laughs> machine. So, I mean... You, you I, use Miller or what? I have... I have three Miller. I have three Millers, and I got a... I just bought a Chinese one. Okay. Alpha, I think. Okay. Uh, and it's a, a great little TIG welder. It's cheap, and it works yep, phenomenal. Yep. And I'm pissed because I it was always Lincoln or Miller. But, yeah, I bought a, a cheap... Uh, I read reviews and bought an Amazon deal, and it's a great welder. <laughs> I, That's I, awesome. No, I, I, JT, is that is that something you guys rent out? At, yep, at, absolutely. We deal the Miller Bobcat welders. It's been 225 for years now. It's a 250 amp welder, but we do it with the cables and all that. We don't do we don't do the MIG welders at all. We just do the stick welders. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. Because it's construction rental. If you rent out a TIG welder, people are just gonna mess it up. 
Uh, same reason we don't ring, rent out drain snakes is, yes, people want it, but people don't know how to use it. Yeah, yeah so it'll mess up, sure. But no, we, we've been dealing with bobcat welders for 40 years, if not longer than oh, that. Yeah. Oh, big gasoline or powered ones, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, option of either on uh, wheels or on skids, and usually people opt for skids, just pop them back in the truck, they go to their job, get the job done, bring it right yeah, back. Yeah. Yep. So... Welcome to welding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Welding's fun, but what's really fun is using a uh, cutting torch. Yeah, yeah I cutting, do that. Yeah, cutting, I got all that. Cutting it's always metal way funner to destroy fire. things than it yeah. is to put things but together. Cutting metal with fire. That's just like, people are like, yeah, yeah, fire, fire, cool. It is so much. There's often a smell in the brew, and it's like, what the fuck is that? It's like, oh, Steve's playing again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we would not be around if it wasn't for Steve's talents, like not only in the brewery and the recipe development, but like what he's able to troubleshoot. And like, I mean, there's been so many times pumps have gone out. I mean, Tim, you've worked in commercial breweries. Like how many times has a pump gone out and like either you fix it or you have to outsource it? Like Steve does it like right away. You have to fix it enough to at least get through your day, even if, you know, if, if you've got that thing rigged together with whatever with yeah whatever it takes so that it, it's not leaking more words out the pump than into the <laughs> kettle or whatever is going wrong with that stuff yeah severe you know yeah no absolutely absolutely because those things never go out at, an, at a convenient time no. No, no, no. right it's always the worst time possible yeah like oh i just started my knockout uh and i can either send all of what i spent the last you know, four hours doing down the drain, or I can, uh, you know, try to rig something up that's going to work. One of the great things about Steve is he can hear it before it starts going. So he's like, that pump's going to go out soon. I'm going to replace it. So there's so, yeah, only we, been a little we have seen, yeah, We keep everything on hand because you got to do it. But it's funny when I go to other breweries and shit's broken or down and they're waiting two days for somebody to come in. And I'll go get my welder and go over there and fix it for him in 30 minutes. And then there you go. You're back up and running and saved you $1,000 or whatever the hell it was, you know. Yeah. 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 We got a brewery here in Des Moines called Confluence. And the owner of that, John, came from the construction industry. So he built everything himself. And like, yeah. yeah. So, and he makes really good beer, by the way, too. But yeah. Like, I love Confluence. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about the 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 brew house. Uh, what what do you guys have there? How big is the brew house? What's the cellar like? All that it, fun stuff. It's a ten hectoliter. I've had it since okay. since Stop. I started. Uh, yeah, it's so our, we, our we, original system. It's eight and a half oh. barrels, so we can get. We, but we get between that and ten barrels, depending on the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought when I got it. It was built in ninety eight. I'm like the fifth owner. Got the brew house. And three singles, three fermenters. And then I bought a 20 and another 20. And now we have, so we have three singles, six 20s, three 40s, and two 60s. The 60 barrels we use mainly for lagering. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, you have a, I was going to ask if that's what it was. I'm like a 60 barrel fermenter on, on a, a yeah, 10 been, barrel, eight to 10 barrel system. We did just do that with Sonny, the beer you drank earlier. We had to get, we were way behind on it. So we had to, and we did two triples to do mm-hmm. that. We, yeah. we had to make a, a call about three years ago whether to upgrade to a larger system or mm-hmm. get a 
passing line, and we chose to get the canning yeah. line, which means we're running the balls of the system. The system is great. I call her Sheila. She's <laughs> yeah. We double. She's a bronze goddess. Uh, we double, if not triple. Yeah. Um, she's doing well, but it's. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's inefficient. It's inefficient, crappy built system, which a lot, a lot of breweries have and have dealt with. But we need to get a twenty barrel. That's why I've been gearing up before with all the with the twenties and the forties, so we can literally cut our time in half. You know, and but that's yeah. Been- Twelve yeah. years in the making, but yeah, every year I keep saying that, and every see every craft brewers conference I go talk to, Quality Tank Solutions, and and uh, are you ready to get that? Sure, let's let's go give me a quote, and then a year later, hey, you ready to get that again? Yeah, give me a new quote. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I was going to do it this year, but then COVID, you know, and then someday I'll get a nice system. <laughs> well, you know, Steve, whenever you do get that new system, let me know. I will fly down to St. Louis. And I will stand there with a beer in my hand and uh, <laughs> tell you everything you're doing wrong, getting that hooked up. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> it terrifies me to get a new system. Like, this system has been our baby for 12 years now. Like, it scares me to do anything different from I can't that. wait She's, to get a new one. I know. <laughs> it's very inefficient and... Uh... Yeah, it's a pain in the ass to run, but I mean, it works. She's a good old broad. I love her. It makes good beer. Yeah. How long does the system typically last? I don't know. I mean, this thing was built in 98. And I mean, I, uh, and it is just, it is just a big piece of stainless, really. Uh, now, I did this past winter, or no, last winter. My guys told me they were seeing uh, bubbles in the kettle and not from boiling. And the steam steam jacket where they spot while the, the jackets in sure, was sure. blowing steam inside oh, so yeah. between turns they got turn number one out i got in there cooled it down put the fork put the chig welder on a forklift got down inside <laughs> and welded all the holes shut and it was, it was over a year ago it, in, in between turns steve many turns had this yeah because we, we had it we were we were filling up a quad batch we were doubling today and tomorrow had one was already going, so couldn't stop. So we cleaned it out, cooled it down. You know, it didn't take 45 minutes, probably. It's pretty quick. This is, this is my life. No <laughs> big deal, right? right. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when he's treating this like this is not a big thing, uh, I would have been flipping out. Like, oh, yeah. shit. We got it. Okay. But that's, but, yeah, but he's... But as a welder, you've actually got room to maneuver and get done what you get and need done. It's not like you're in an elevator shaft or... No, no, no factory or some crap. There's plenty of room in there. Yeah, sure, sure, but there's still, you know, time is of the essence and all of those other things that you know. <laughs> you can do about it. Just what, had to go. What fix he it. freaks out about today is what I had to deal with today. So we are doing these new mix eight packs for one of our hazy IPAs. Um, it's two cans of th- four different versions of our hazy IPAs, and the company that sold us the boxes sold us boxes with faulty glue. So all oh, of a sudden. No. At yeah. grocery stores, these boxes are popping open, and so yeah, we sent out like ten pallets of that last weekend, and now it's they're popping. Ten open. pallets of seventy cases of two hundred ten cans. Yeah, or cases. So is, is that is that all hand packed, or do you guys have a case packer? Oh. Or? No, hand packed. All hand packed. Okay, yeah. that's oh, kind of what I. That's kind of what I figure. But they, it, some yeah. of the the case packers have gotten a little bit better, but yeah. Yeah, and it's no big deal, but that's basically what I did today. He freaks out more with that, which I don't freak out about. I was like, all right, I'm going to spend nine hours visiting accounts and 
Uh, we got vinyl stickers to uh, sticker them shut. Yeah, want he to... freaks out more about stuff like that than he does about TIG welding inside a fucking fermenter. Like, <laughs> for time. like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, Steve, as much as I respect that, I mean, what the fuck, man? That, that's... <laughs> that's an easy fix. We, we fixed that within... What's that? The stickers on the... Oh, yeah. So. Well, when shit breaks, you got to fix it. I mean, that's... Uh, we worked at a steel foundry. It was a maintenance guy years, and a crane would go down, or a furnace would go down, and you got to fix it. You know, you just so you just fix it. That's yeah, all. Yeah. There's different mentalities. So. <laughs> well, I think that's probably why you guys uh, work well. Uh, oh. Right, is because you guys aren't alike. Because yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, are yeah, different. Yes. We're very different. Um, different priorities, but. I mean, I'm not going to say it's all roses. Like, there's definitely fights. And, I mean, we live and work together, which is hard for anybody. I mean, our relationship was based on the fact that Steve was gone every weekend for a beer festival. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so thankful for that. And, like, now, like, since COVID. Yeah, it's and been not, a year. <laughs> not that it's bad, but, like, I definitely thrive on my space and he does on his, but... We have a very incredible staff that balances us out. So it's not a his or her issue. We have a crying child. I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, we definitely have, there's nine of us total. And if an issue comes up, it's not a Steve versus Libby issue. This is a brewing versus from the house issue or maintenance issue. So um, I'm not going to pretend like it's roses. Like, Oh, we no. Have- I, I mean, Aaron travels for work, and when he had to be home during this pandemic, uh, I'm sure his wife was ready to... to- <laughs> there might have been a few more clashes. <laughs> There's definitely there are a fair few. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to get him to understand sometimes about why I want him to brew a particular beer. And then there's also times where he has to tell me why he's not able to brew a particular beer. And just, I don't know. No, that was something That was something I kind of wanted to actually get into. Because I always felt like uh, in commercial brewing, particularly for brewing beers for the tap room, uh, the dynamics between what I wanted to brew. And I, I like, I used to always say, Hey, I used to tell my brewers all the time. I know what you want to brew. If you want to brew what you want to brew, you can do that at home. That's called home brewing. Yeah. We're, we're brewing beer to sell to customers. We need to like have a balance between what we enjoy and w- what our identity is, but also what will sell. You know, if, if you want to have some, you know, weird guava, Saison or whatever, and our taproom customers aren't going to drink that. Well, then do that at home. It's not going to work. But they you just do it anyway. Yeah, we do. I still do that, but I'll do a single batch of it. I'll do I'll do a eight or nine barrel batch of the goofy shit. Sure. Uh, and then I mean we've done it like the Sunny Cat, the one you guys drank earlier. Uh, just wanted to make a hazy beer with tangerine peel in it, and now I we can't make enough of that beer. You know I made. I I can understand why. I gotta it's tell very, you, very this, good. It's really, Steve, really this good. is really, really nice because it does not hit you over the head. You know, there's there's lactose in there, and there's right. 
I use lactose the right. Yeah, I use. So I've heard that a lot. I put one bag in a you know ten barrel batch, fifty pounds. I was gonna say it's it's it it's not. It doesn't feel like it's too much, yeah. right? And I've and people have said that. A lot of people have said that. Yeah, right. There's a very deft even the tangerine peel. There's a deft tan. It's very obviously tangerine, but it's not. My my biggest challenge with all the of a lot of the the fruited beer lately has been that I don't have a problem with fruited beer. I like fruited beer. One of the best beers that that um, I ever made was a blood orange IPA. Mm-hmm. It was just when it when it started to cross the line from beer to just fruit, right? Like it still yeah, has yeah. to taste like beer to me, right? I've Aaron, had a lot of. Uh, Capri Suns, I call them, or uh, <laughs> a fruit, fruit smoothie with with the drop of beer in it. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Like, man, if if I just wanted alcoholic fruit juice, I can go to TGI Fridays, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't need to have like that. I, I want I want it to still be beer that has fruit flavor, has a, you know a little bit of a sweetness and mouthfeel like lactose is going to have, but it doesn't have to be the the. I don't know. Pounds. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, we we get into that at Tailgate Society sometimes. Uh, Aaron and Jay-Z can attest to the fact that maybe sometimes I make fun of people for wanting to drink graham cracker and chocolate milk with a hint of beer. And that's fine. But I mean, the, the thing about Sunny Cat is it introduces people to IPAs. It's more approachable for a lot of people <laughs> with yep. the tangerine, um, sure. the fruitiness to it, but it also has like its IPA base. It's there's not, some bitterness there's, to it still. We're not covering up the fact of what it is. Like we're not adding a gratuitous amount of fruit to cover up what the hops are doing with the beer. It's mainly to accentuate what the hops are in it. So that's why. Ab- yeah, absolutely. I, I, no, I like the idea that, you know, you put hops in there intentionally. Why would you go to all that effort to make a good beer and then hide it with everything else? Right. Yeah, exactly. I've seen people make double IPAs with for bragging rights, six put, pounds of hops per barrel and then put 20,000 pounds of fruit in there. Hey, we did this well, uh, Yeah, now the hops are gone. Whatever it costs, $20,000 a pound hops. Yeah. And then also all those boysenberry on top of it. So enjoy. Yeah, What's the point? So you can't taste it. All right, we have children crying. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys are double teaming this. That, that's okay. I I want to tell the people what I'm looking at a little bit um, because I've been looking at the Sunny Cat label uh, and your other labels a little bit, and there are some things on this label that make me giggle, and people need to know about it. Ask away. One, it's the the phone number and the. The fact that you just straight went for it for a good time call <laughs> on the label. Um, the then, old label used to give the the phone number to the direct brewery. That one goes to a uh, a Google Voice. Okay, so I was wondering, how did you happen to get that ending right? Because Gato, right? And we and, did we did a Google Voice number. Yeah, because you. Obviously, cat people, and it's you know it ends with gato. So uh, I thought that was pretty slick. It's pretty fun. The the old uh, labels used to have the old phone number for the actual brewery, and Steve and I. So um, when we first started, 
before we had kids, like we would sleep in the brewery. We actually like moved our bedroom set into the brewery with my two dogs and lived out there. And we would keep phone calls at like eleven thirty at night, like, "Hey, you uh, you, you make beer? <laughs> you make it? Yeah, we sure do. Well, it's pretty fucking disgusting. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> like, or we would get, like it's pretty great. Like, but we would get actual phone calls from people that were like, "We're just calling for a good time." It's like, well, we're going to bed, but thanks for calling. So, <laughs> if you go on the cool. Illinois side of St. Louis, you might be able to find something. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for a good time. Go to the east side. So, so when you were talking earlier about the old brewery and being an hour west of St. Louis, where was that at? New Haven, Missouri. Um, It's about you head west about forty-five minutes and then hit old um, Route One Hundred, which is the old Lewis and Clark Trail. it was great. I mean, Steve, to be full disclosure, Steve started the brewery on the property of his ex-wife's family. Um, they thought it would be great. They owned basically a resort. It was a hotel with a golf course out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and Steve started the brewery out there. And Steve and his ex-wife got divorced. And he and I met. And it's a very weird symbiotic relationship where i mean i went to thanksgiving dinner with the family like we all got along but um once i started out there and i kind of brought what my distribution knowledge was all of a sudden we couldn't start making enough beer so it went from just cute little farmhouse resort brewery to holy shit we need to move into a larger space and also it was super awkward like it was his ex-wife's family's property, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was wondering because I I grew up in Missouri until oh, okay. um, until I was about ten, and I've got a brother that lives in St. Louis. So, um, but we used to live in uh, Martinsburg, Missouri. Yeah. Um, and I was when you said New Haven, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's in between Washington and Herman. Herman, it's directly <laughs> between the yeah. town of. 1100 people there's no stop signs there's no stoplight it is super tiny um steve's um family that he married into was the vaderots they owned a huge estate out there um they have been nothing but incredibly kind to us and great to us but um unfortunately steve and the wife divorced and we met and they were great to us, letting us expand out there. And then it became very clear very quickly that we needed to get a, a space of our own. Not just because of the familiar influence, but I mean, Steve makes incredible beer and we needed to make more of it. And we had a tiny 2,500 square foot spot out there. So you needed yeah, to get the beer to the people. Yeah. So, I mean, we went from distribution only. I remember, <laughs> this is super embarrassing. I first start, I mean, my background is wine. That's how I met Steve, is at the wine bar I managed. Um, we were doing a craft beer week event, and uh, Steve came in with this keg over his shoulder, putting it on tap. And I, I mean, this is how little I knew about craft beer. 
my first day at that bar, somebody asked me for uh, not a hoppy beer, and I recommended Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. <laughs> <laughs> a pale ale sounds like it doesn't have hops in it. I didn't know what I was talking about. Like, I know wine, especially Italian wine, front to back portfolio, but I didn't know anything about beer. And then Steve's taught me, but um, I mean, very slowly we started um, growing our distribution game and moved. We quickly outgrew that space. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, how how big is your distribution footprint right now? Uh, Thirteen states. Okay. Which oh, wow. is, I mean, we're small. We're small, and it's not a lot everywhere except for Missouri. And yeah, I mean, we did. What did we do last year? Twenty nine hundred barrels. Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, just past year we did twenty nine hundred barrels. Uh, we were planning on it about 5,000. That was going to be our year finally to grow some. But then COVID. And tired of COVID. being broke. Yeah. Uh, but still, 13 states even on 5,000 barrels is still pretty, a pretty broad reach. I'm pretty proud of that. We only distribute to states that we want to visit. like Close, yeah, close <laughs> or want to visit, yeah. Our big thing is if we can't travel there to fix an issue, so if you're a bar owner, say like Olympic Tavern, Zach, up in mm -hmm. Illinois, if we can't yeah. travel there within a day to fix the issue, we don't want to distribute beer there. Like, because our, like, our entire thing is like, second shift is us. Like, you need to trust us, not just our distributors, but you need to trust us to carry your beer or carry our beers. Or if we have to go to Hawaii to check on an account in February. <laughs> Aaron also has a brother in Hawaii. I, so. I do also have a brother in Hawaii. <laughs> we do, uh, we do, Darn. we do send beer to, uh, I guess Europe, Scandinavia, a little bit, and we go over there anyway for beer stuff all the or all the time, a couple times a year. But now, now we have to go check on beer, you know, in Denmark or whatever, and it's fun because we get to do that, you know. But our big thing is we don't want to send beer to places that we cannot go to make sure that everybody's okay. It's checked on. I Means shit falls through the cracks. Yeah, we uh, we still like the four-hour circle kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Chicago, Kansas City, Nashville, or Indy kind of. And we just started sending beer to in, in Indiana this year, right? Or this past year's? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So, what you're telling me is I'm not getting it in Washington anytime soon. You are getting in Washington soon. I'm actually oh. with the, Shelton, yeah, yeah. the Shelton Brother distributors out there, um, which are now getting off the ground since the whole Shelton Brothers fiasco happened. Um, but you you should start seeing it hopefully within the next six months. So. All right. That's that's my job. <laughs> Your job is to do the brewing. My job is to do And every month I still have to, I'm still filling out the Washington <laughs> alcohol and can marijuana cannabis board tax paperwork shit and thing. <laughs> Zeros, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll send beer there soon. Yes, we're working on. <clears throat> that's good. that's always fun. Is all the the. The paperwork for crossing state lines. Oh, I have a big whiteboard <laughs> behind my desk, and I have states. We do taxes. They do Ohio. We do quarterly. Da -ba -da -ba -da. Ohio's fun. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> we start shipping beer there. And I guess I didn't do it in time or didn't do it quick enough. And oh, I'm in the shit. office one day, and Libby comes in and goes, holy shit, we owe Ohio $131,700. What? What they do is we ship them a yeah. total of one pallet with yeah, thirty yeah. cases. <laughs> <laughs> so don't file. And they did it twice. It's not if you don't file on time or timely fashion, yeah. they just go. 
we're going to guess you owe us 100 grand. It's always 100 grand. Then there's a $31,000 penalty, then and then there's $700 interest. And that gets your fucking attention real quick. So yes, you, it does. And you can't, they're the only state so far that you have to mail everything in. It's not, there's no digital We haven't format. sent anything there in a year, yeah. and we got a $131,000 yeah. bill. Like the shit. Oh, I, my. I, 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 and it was like $38 I owed them, actually. <laughs> so I did it, paid it. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because like in Minnesota, we would have to do, you know, uh, a monthly... And an annual, and I wanted to be like, if I filed this every month, and the annual is literally just a sum of the twelve months that I sent you. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. Why? Why do I have to send in a second thing on you know yeah. by January fifteenth that just sums up everything that I did? And I looked through like previous years, and like those numbers didn't even match. If you looked at the last twelve oh, months they, and what we sent into the annual, it didn't even match. No one ever bothered to call us on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, sometimes it definitely feels like it's paperwork to fill out paperwork. Like they don't yeah. care what you put on there as long as you filled it out. But if you don't fill it out, then they're gonna care about it. Then they notice. Yes. Yeah. Missouri's been great. Uh, we've had we had a few issues this year where uh, numbers were all skew, and uh, I had a guy doing my taxes, one of our employees, for five years, and he laid him off during COVID. We didn't bring him back, um, and then I started doing taxes and for for Missouri, and uh, holy shit, it said we had thirty six thousand gallons of finished beer in the cooler, like kegged and canned. Yeah, and that's we don't we don't have that. Right. And I couldn't figure out what the hell happened, so I called the state and said, I don't know what's going on. They spent months working with us, and they were super great. And we fixed the problem, and now we're moved on, and we're doing a better job of it. But, yeah, it's it, everything's just wonky all the time. Every state's different. Uh, and people don't realize this shit when you start a brewery that, oh, I'm just going to sell a taste room only. Well, then you do that, and then you grow, and then you're in another state, then you're in another state, and... Not even in your yeah. state, but like the sales tax that comes along with it, like people. Yeah. Anyway, we've taken up like an hour of time talking about. Yeah, it's a brewery, run on a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what we do here. Yeah. yeah. No, that, yeah. And I think that's something, yeah, yeah, just the taxes and all that, that running a small business that people don't ever realize that the oh, paperwork oh. never stops and 90% of the paperwork is bullshit that just, yeah. for whatever yeah. reason, they need to get done. You own a brewery. You must have a Ferrari by now. Like yeah, we well, literally kids, drive an SUV that is ten years old because <laughs> of anything else. Well, you can't. Like, you can't have your six dollars. I know what it costs yeah. to make it. I'm a home brewer. We're doing a little bit. Better. Oh, uh, that's the one that always bugs me. Is like I yeah. know how much that costs. I'm like, really? Do you know? Sure, you do. For yeah. the grain and the water, you do. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I used to tell people what we would make on a case of beer, and I'm like, okay, so here's what the cans cost here's what the can ends cost here's what the labels cost that already that alone digs into everything else okay here's what the the case boxes cost here's what the pack text or whatever cost here's all of these other things that are going into that bill, the heating bill the, the sewer <laughs> bill which is huge because sewers for breweries yeah. are inflated because we're dumping shit all the effluent that you're sending down the drain and the effluent tax and the fees that go onto that yeah absolutely all expensive yep people Everybody wants to be a fucking brewer until they realize how little money they break. I, I tell any home brewer, I don't I'll, do I'll it. Come, no, I, well, I said, do what you want to do. I come in, I'll open up my books. You can get on quick books and look for the last 10 years. You can see everything I did. Yep. And I've had two people do it and they like the shit. 
because they, you know, there's, I got an $8 can of beer and they think I should have a Ferrari and until nope. they see the hell it cost, you know. Yeah. The beer is cheap. You know, yeah. that liquid in that can is cheap. If yeah. you're just making that without paying electric bills, water bills, or everybody, yeah. yeah. Fire yeah. inspection, yeah. sprinklers, yeah. yeah. Everything. Yep. It Like they say, you, it takes money to make money and, yeah. and you never stop. And <laughs> I was told when I... When I was moving to the city five years ago, talked to several people because uh, I was out in the country. Everything was cheap. I had really? we were on well. We had our own sewer. I didn't pay for water, sewer. I had paid for electric and oh. insurance. That was it. Nice. Uh, so I didn't I know, know what it cost to move. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what it cost to move to the city. So I talked to three or four breweries in town, and everybody opened their books up. And I went, "Oh, all right, it's it's expensive." And everybody told me to do a brew pub. You need to do about 3,000 barrels a year before you start making some money. I think that number now probably is going to be closer to four or 5,000 before yeah, you yeah. can. For a brew you, pub, not for. for yeah. Before you're happy, you're paying your employees well, investors, whoever, you know, everybody's, everybody's doing okay. Nobody's still getting a Ferrari, but everybody's happy and making some money. So we're trying to get to the four or 5,000 barrel mark so we can quit crying at night and I'm going bald. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> The one thing that makes yeah. me sleep well at night is like our employees are very well taken care of. Like yeah. everybody makes very well above minimum wage and well above normal brewers' wages. I mean, and... brewers are paid very, very well. It's just, I mean, it's COVID. We were doing yeah, okay. Yeah. We were doing great, and then COVID. So who knows what's going to happen? So anyway, we're drinking a little big hop. Hey, look. Okay, Steve's just. We can. Let's, let's do this. We won't do an official tasting with Little Big Hop. I say let's oh. jump into Little Big Hop and ask a couple other questions before we, we yes. take a break. Still drinking um, Sunny Cat. Okay. Let me go grab it here real quick. Yeah, I'm drinking Sunny Cat Yeah, too, do it. Um, How did you well, enjoy Sunny Cat, Aaron? Um, it's, it's good. Um, you don't have to I mean, like from, it. No, you're fine from a non-beer, non-craft beer no, it's very, you know, it's it's very you, juicy, right? You get that right off the bat, and that little bit of a rindy, yeah, um, bitterness to it, rather than you know, out here in Seattle, everything is just punch you in the face, you know, piney bitter when they do a West Coast IPA, right? And yeah, so like this it. is bitter, but it's different than it's a different sort of bitterness than those are, sure. Um, but no, Would you it, say it's a bitter it's, unit? Uh, yes. No. That's right, JT. God damn. <laughs> we got to have the ability to mute him <laughs> sometimes. Who brought um, him on this? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, yeah, I haven't really been into, gotten into hazy stuff like this a whole lot. Um, just because that's not what people do out here as much. I mean, there's more of it now than there, I think there has been in the past out here, but... Um, you know, everything out here is typically that, that Pacific Northwest stuff right. is clear and I'm not a huge fan of that. The Pacific Northwest stuff is not my favorite because I don't like that, uh, you know, really harsh, bitter yeah. flavor to it. this, this, I would much rather drink this than a Pacific Northwest IPA. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so as we as we pop into uh, the little big hop, uh, 
which I appreciate uh, a session beer. I will always love a session beer. Anything under 5%, I'm very grateful for. Um, I know Aaron has probably been grateful because of all of the beers that he does have out there in the Northwest. Very rarely is he hitting a session. Yeah, they're all 8%. Yeah, they got to be 8 yeah. Um, so... One of the questions that we ask everyone on this podcast, and it'll be interesting to see how your guys' uh, answers match up, because uh, I'm going to ask you individually. I'm going to start with you, Steve. You're stranded on a desert island. You have three to five beers that you have to have on there. What are you picking? And these styles it can be specific beers, but what, what are you picking? Uh, uh, the Hefeweizen, uh, probably, uh, uh, Cougarden. no, uh, God damn it. Uh, Francis Connor. Oh, Francis Connor. That's I, yeah. I, I love a uh, vice beer. I could drink them all day long. Uh, then it would probably be a, a Hellas or a German pills. And then probably a little big hop because I, because I want that. I, I can drink a lot of that, too. And it's, they're all about the same alcohol range, too, all the three beers I just chose. But, yeah, I want some hoppiness. Uh, but I, I, it's hard to beat a good vice beer. And I, I love Franz's Connor, especially when you're over there drinking it fresh, you know, compared to getting sh- shitty ones beat up over here. But that, probably a Czech Pills and uh, probably a, this little big hop. I, I dig this beer a lot. And I didn't want to. I was anti-hazy shit and thing. This beer was- <laughs> I was going to make a clear beer, trying to make a clear beer that tasted like a hazy, juicy, whatever they, everybody calls everything now. Uh, and it come out, I did everything wrong to make, <laughs> I did everything, you're, did not make it hazy, according to the rules five years ago, or six years ago, whatever it was, but it came out hazy, I'm an oh shit, and I, I, I love it. And then I said, I like vice beers and butt beers. They've been hazy for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I like those beers, so screw it, you know. Yeah, you know, that's one of the, the struggles that I always had with the whole thing is um, I m- my favorite beer I ever made of all time is a, is a Hefeweizen. So I like, I don't have a problem with Hazy per se. It did seem like there was a race to the bottom where it did look like it was just, I not I, I just pulled some off of my yeast brink and that's what I'm serving you in a glass right now. Like it got. Yeah, yeah. Too extreme, right? But I mean, even with this, uh, Columbus, Simcoe, and Cascade, those aren't particularly Northeast style hops, right? Exactly. That's what I was, exactly. Uh, I guess back when I was doing, or when I started seeing the, the haziness popping up, it had to be like Emerald Citra or Mosaic or some, or some of the... Galaxy. Or- Galaxy, yeah. They make beer hazy and nobody really knew, you know, whatever it was years ago what was going on they were saying it was yeast this is a uh, 04 english ale yeast that yeast mm-hmm. blocks out quick and brightens up quick i gotta say that that 04 it, is like that it this, is in this beer i've sat cold and warm for six months and it looks the same it does not so it's not you know it's not supposed to be yeast anyway in a hazy beer it's supposed to be polyphenols and uh, proteins and all that proteins kind of, yeah. yeah so that is obviously what it is because and there is wheat. I mean, there's it's uh, there's a uh, there's some white wheat and uh, flaked oats in this. Oh yeah, no that no I I I figured that had to be in there too. That's one thing that like, the, so these guys can attest. Uh, 
I, I always get frustrated when people say they hate wheat beers, but they love Northeast IPAs. Because I'm like, well, then you like beers with wheat. Wheat yeah, isn't your absolutely. problem. Yes. Yeah, wheat isn't your problem uh, in wheat beers. It's probably the yeast that's been your problem. When you say you don't like wheat beers, I don't know that you understand what you're drinking, which is fine. I don't expect everyone yeah. to be an expert in beer, but at the same time, know what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> that was just sitting right there. I had Boy, somebody beat JT to the joke. Yeah, I, I was I thinking know. of it. Hesitated. <laughs> but it, awesome. it was a hanging curveball or the middle of the plate. He got to take that shit out of the. Board. Oh, it was an Ephus pitch. You you yeah. should have smacked that one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, <laughs> Libby's turn. No, yeah. So Libby, can you please get us off of this? Oh, I on the three beers you. You're on a desert island. What three to five beers do you think you want to have with you? Um, technical Ecstasy, our Czech style pills, is my absolute favorite beer we do and the beer I drink the most of. Um, uh, Scrimshaw by North Coast. Yep. I think that is a criminally underrated beer. I think that beer sets a standard for what a little bit of diacetyl will do for a Pilsner, a lager style. Um, I'm really, really biased. I love our beers a lot. Um, our Neurosis, our American style IPA, which I think we're going to drink next. Um, so, yeah, you're going to love it. It's bitter and you're going to love it, man. <laughs> Aaron, it's awesome. Right up your alley, buddy. I'll be all right. I'm also going to be like, I I am a seltzer girl. So I'll do a hard seltzer. Oh, Jesus. You're not the first person to put a hard seltzer on your list. I mean, it's hard when you work in a brewery and you're tasting malt all day long. I mean, we've done a couple different seltzer trials. There's always a weird aftertaste, but I mean, I don't like them. I don't like fizzy water, so I, I'm like, not. And I do. She drinks gallons of or whatever carbonated flavored waters, and I can't drink any of it, so I don't like seltzers at all. The the, the whole brewing seltzers thing. I spent too much time doing that. I, you're right. The aftertaste is, is no matter what you do is there. You have to do something else to clean it up. We just went to, um, so Becca, who is my right-hand gal, she runs Brewery Ops for us. She's the one that helped us correct this uh, case fiasco we had to do earlier where the mm-hmm. tape was fixing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we visited a perennial artisan ales, but they have a location sure. west of here. Um, and Emily, the owner, was there, who's a dear friend, and she opened up Stillwaters, uh, one of their uh, seltzers. And the smells, I'm not going to taste this. I'm not going to drink this based on the smell, but the flavor was amazing. But how is that attractive if the smell turns you off in the first place? It's like drinking um, a goza that's like a baby vomit smell. Oh, the butyric acid, exactly. But the taste is fine. So how, how does that translate? So, yeah, yeah. Would How it does it affect a... JT at all? He can't smell anything, anyways, nope. right? Right. Because of his Not allergies, yeah. that's your—he's the target market. For that. <laughs> that was, in my joke as we first started is like, "Well, I can't taste or smell oh, yeah. anything." So, uh, no, I was gonna say. I, 
how is that attractive if the smell turns you off? But Aaron got married, so I feel like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I, you know what I want to know, Tim, is if if uh, Steve does uh, the Ted Lasso spit take when he drinks the fizzy water. <laughs> watch Ted Lasso. So as parents to a three and five year old now, we don't get a lot of time. Like we're barely through WandaVision right now. Oh. <laughs> I no, think Ted Lasso's next on our... Ted Lasso is Lasso. The, the best thing I've watched in the last year. Okay, then we'll... Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you're going to see when Ted Lasso gets to England and he takes a sip of what he thinks is regular water and it's fizzy water. And it... And it th- oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's... It, it's what I I pictured as well, Aaron. Uh, it's what I pictured when you said that you know, like this the guy, the soccer thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I know what you're American talking about. American football coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Football. Yeah. It's it's my favorite thing that I've seen in part because it's just not it, it's not serious. I mean, yeah. it it's a great show and it's really it's well done. Yeah. But it's which it's weird it's because campy like, and fun and you know, yeah. but it, and it's got good messaging. Right, but it's yeah. it's not trying to be super serious and right. which you know, it's weird it's because everything on Apple TV is like super serious and very poignant and very much coming oh, from yeah. a certain See, angle. The and then they got Apple like TV, yeah, I I care to watch for sure. It's it's like it's like Ren and Stimpy being on like A and E or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so so one other question, and we should probably jump to a break here soon and let a sponsor grab a word here, but I had one question for you, Libby. Because uh, some of the, the things, like some of the things you sent me this summer, uh, even one of the, the beers that, that you sent us now, coming from your wine background, is there like a like a psalm take on beer that, because you didn't mention anything in your desert island list here that I think was more like wine oriented. You certainly said seltzer because you don't like everything malty. But is there is there a part of a wine beer crossover that you like? Um, yes and no. So I remember being. I mean, I started wine before I was even legal to drink. I mean, I got my uh, first level certification before I was even 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved wine. I loved what wine did for culinary, what it paired with. What I didn't like was the, the culture. Um, wine was very exclusive, mm-hmm. even more so than beer, if you can imagine it. And when I started at, so this is just a, I'm going to get a little long-winded. Um, my first day at my first job running um, the wine shop that I did was the day that I met Steve. It was the first day of Craft Beer Week, where I worked at had over a thousand bottles of wine on the list. We offered twenty by the glass, but we also had a very small draft list. Um, and the first day of St. Louis Craft Beer Week was huge at the place where I was hired to run the wine list, and that's how I met Steve. As he came in with a fucking keg over his shoulder, <laughs> tapped the keg. Um, it was a cask, and <laughs> I didn't know how to work a cask, and I ended up spin- spilling half the beer on the floor. Half the um, brewers I know don't know how to work a cask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what really hit me was even in that moment when I didn't know how to close the cask, 
was instead of being ridiculed like wine, like, oh, you don't know what this grape is. Like, it's the hybrid of such and such grape from South Africa. Um, all the people there was like, no, 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 no. This is how you do this. Let me show you. This is what this hop is. This is what this means. Like, I mean, I told you the story about somebody ordering a pale ale or ordering a non-hoppy beer. And I, sh I poured them a pale ale and Julie, who is now a dear friend of mine was like, no, 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 no. This is what pale ale means. Like for me, beer has been much more of a accepted learning experience than wine ever was. Um, and that's when I knew that I wanted to be in it. And be before even Steve and I started dating, like we met in August, I think we started dating in November. But even in those few months between, just the learning experience with beer was so much more, let me show you, not just fucking figure it out. So um, while I love wine, and that's how I started, wine will always have this bitter aftertaste to me um, of being very much more of a boy's social club than beer has. Well, beer obviously has it's its own boy social club, but it's a different boy social club. It definitely is where women have more of a voice. Um, and that's why I'll appreciate it more. Wine was miserable. I remember the owner of that wine bar talking down to me so many times for not knowing what such and such vintage was, what such and such person liked. I just, I have really bad flashback memories of wine and then really good, I mean, and obviously fest, beer festivals and pouring behind the bar brings out certain assholes, but as a whole, <laughs> the St. Louis beer scene in general has been very en enveloping of me as far as my, my wine knowledge journey, so, or my beer knowledge journey, excuse me. So um, I don't miss a day in wine at all. Um, Good. Yeah, so... Well, I think with that, we should probably take a short break here. Uh, and we'll come back with our official tasting beer, which that's going to be Art of Neurosis, I think we said. Um, but we'll, we'll go through that. And uh, But, you know, I've done a terrible job of talking about our sponsors and all of that so far. So we're going to take a break and let you hear from them. And we will be right back. Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great Aunt Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. And welcome back to Bitter Units. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to our sponsors. Not that we gave you a choice because we slammed it right in the middle of the episode. Uh, but uh, remember to check out Deadeye Barbecue Sauce at deadeyebarbecuesauce.com the American Home Brewers Association, and all of the great offers that go with that. Um, please do check out the Tailgate Society, thetailgatesociety.com, to check out all the great writing, why Nebraska football is terrible. There was one here recently. 
Um, also all the podcasts, which there are numerous and I'm not going to try to name them all cause I'll forget them. Um, except for old man strength, which is Tim's other pod who has had a string of fantastic guests lately. If you're an Iowa state person for sure. Um, but if you just like sports in general, they've had a lot of, of great sports guests on here recently. So, um, we are back obviously, uh, cause I'm talking and we're going to drink <laughs> this beer um that we got sent to us and i'm gonna let libby introduce the beer Arden Neurosis, um the first beer we ever produced commercially as a brewery um as steve has mentioned before he was a home brewer um i hate using the word um so much but the reason that it's called Art of Neurosis is it's the only recipe Steve has brewed multiple times in order to dial in. Yeah, I guess a tweak. Yeah, yeah. Inspiration was Pliny the Elder, Bell's Two-Hearted, just a American-style sticky IPA, double dry hop before double dry hop was cool, Columbus Simcoe, and a little, little bit of Centennial. A little bit of Centennial. Um, this is the beer that put us on the map. This is the first commercial beer we really ever did. Um, as a home brewer, I called it Hop Fuck. I knew I probably couldn't do that. <laughs> as, uh, I was going to go with Fop Huck. But then, <laughs> so it's a little bit of 40 degree malt bill. Um, mainly two row nose is super floral, juicy. Um, you get more of the piney bitterness in the mouthfeel. Lacing is really nice. I love, I love the head retention of this beer. Um, and then Steve, this artwork on the label, is that supposed to be you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Libby had a lot to do with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of my best friends is married to a tattoo artist. Um, out in uh, where the brewery used to be. And this was, our labels used to be very plain white on 750 milliliter bottles when we were very small. Um, and we didn't produce a lot. When we started to get a little bit bigger, we approached a local tattoo artist, uh, Kyle Scarborough, who's incredible. And he uh, created this artwork for us. And it's it's grown over the years. You kind of see the evolution as you see our artwork, but this is one of the original ones. Um, it's the art of Steve's neurosis is this beer. <laughs> yeah, I probably, probably over the years, I probably drink this beer the most out of all my beers. It is. Because it's been around the longest and I I yeah. love West, West Coasty kind of IPAs, if you will. So malty, like I said, I love the lacing on this beer. I mean, this has been in my glass for 20 minutes now. There's still mm. good lacing. I would drink many of these a night if it didn't put it my, me on my ass. Yeah, but it's 7-6, seven, <laughs> yeah. 7-6, yeah, that's nothing to shy away from. All yeah. right, well, let's go ahead and Aaron and JT, if you've not poured it into your glass already, go ahead and do that. I did. I did as well. Oh, fantastic. Okay, side, so... Side note, Washington, Missouri, where one of my other brothers, who we haven't talked about yet, got married. Oh, really? oh. <laughs> we lived out there for a bit. We, we did live out there. Uh, so this is super fresh. What I mailed you was literally packaged, I think, three days ago. Nice. Yeah, I saw that. That was incredible. It smells, without jumping the gun into aroma, uh, just pouring. Well, 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 shit, let's just go right into that. That's the there, first thing I got 
Aaron JT, I don't know about you. When I cracked this thing open before I even poured, well, no, not you, JT. You can't smell anything <laughs> ever. But like it, the nose on this hit me right away. It's dank. It's definitely a dank. I love this beer. What's cool is, well, I wish it would carry over, but every time you're cleaning the fermenter out when this is done and you vent it out, it smells like you have your head stuck in a box of Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. Uh, it is insane. I don't get, I've never gotten it out of the beer, really. Uh, not like it does, because the whole building will smell like Fruity Pebbles. Insane, sure. and I love it. I just wish I, I could get you the let beer the, to do that. Go ahead, Libby. If you let the beer sit, sit for six months after it becomes kind of maltier and the hops have died out, you definitely get that Fruity Pebble kind of Oh, when it's old? Quality, when it's old, yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I, I, I love it. It, it. Yeah, it's the opposite of like when you're brewing a Kolsch and it just smells like Satan's butthole. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just finished one. I stuck my nose in the tank. Get her while I was venting. I was like, God, it's horrible smelling. <laughs> yeah, but Kolsch's are so good. Yeah, I know. They're great. They are, but to make, to make them does not smell good. Yeah, okay, they, so they, they, fermentation stinks. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Aaron, what are you? Since JT is JT. Aaron, what are you getting on the nose on this one? Yeah, so this definitely strikes me as a, uh, well, like we talked about a little bit earlier, more of a West Coast IPA smell to it. Um, dank, which Libby mentioned, is definitely there. Um, you know, it's, there's a, I don't know, there's some bit of sweetness in it that I, I'm mm -hmm. not very professional, but there's something there that I can't really quite identify. Um, but it's definitely not not just a, a danky, bittery smelling beer, but there's a sweetness in there. And I'm assuming that comes from the malty part of it. Yeah. But Remember the um, sugar-covered like orange candies? Yeah. Candies, that's what this reminds me of is those. That's what I like. I get dankness, but it's not just like you know when you, you know, you're going camping in the in the back country and you've got a, uh, a bunch of fat wood from like pine trees. Like yeah. it's not just so resinousy, right? Just overwhelming. It's got there's definitely a fruitiness, like candied orange type of thing going on there for sure. JT, yeah. do, you, do you have anything other than? I have literally no smell in it at all. I'm really jealous <laughs> you guys get it. It, just, it sounds wonderful, and I've got, like, yeah. All right, so let's yeah. let's, let's talk so, about this appearance then. Does JT have No, he's just got allergies, and he can never smell anything. Yeah, I've got really bad allergies, and it's to grass and trees and pollen, and so that would be your hops Perfect. and everything that goes into beer. Oh, so. Yeah. And JT did have COVID earlier this year, so who knows yes. what the... Well, what I was just asking because a good, good, good friend of ours who had COVID that lost his sense of smell and taste, like the one thing that he's super sensitive now, which sucks, is hops. Like he used to love hoppy beers, and now yeah. hops are disgusting to him, so I was just curious. Well, no, 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 it, for me, go ahead. I was going to say, JT has never had taste. <laughs> so, Especially so. in women, but anyway. Oh. <laughs> boom, boom. But no, the COVID yeah. wasn't too bad for me. It just, for me, it, all these symptoms were stuff I'm used to anyway, like the headaches and the and the sinuses and all that. But I get the cough, and then I had the worst headache in my entire life for like 36 hours. Oh. And then I didn't lose my sense of taste or smell. I just didn't have an appetite. Like I get halfway through a beer, I'm like, well, I'm just going to pour this out because 
I'm done with it. So I uh, lost like 10 pounds and that was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I got hungry and I got gained like 27 pounds. So <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't too bad for me. I, I was expecting considering how, when I get a cold or a flu or something like that, it usually knocks me on my ass. This, I, I got a really mild case and I'm really thankful for that considering What's what it's done yeah. to the people. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean yeah. to interject. What were you no, no, say? no, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But JT, while you're on a roll, start <laughs> with appearance, since that one you can help us with. Appearance, uh, you can definitely see through it. I'm still, even though I poured it a few minutes before you guys, I'm still getting bubbles coming from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the head retention is still there, which is really nice. Um, color-wise, it's a... It's a nice color. It's a little bit, little bit of orange there. Definitely golden, uh, but you can see through it and see through it pretty clearly. And yeah, definitely not the juicy look of the what was the one we just before the big, the big hop. But as Aaron would say, it looks like beer. <laughs> it looks like beer. <laughs> uh, no, for sure. Great head when I first poured it. Yes. Um, you know, it's still sticking around on it. Because I, I haven't drank any of it yet. I've just let it sit since I poured it so we could go through this. Uh, I would call it maybe a copper color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to kind of give it a little more definition of what color it is. Um, but, yeah, definitely, you know, a, a crisp, clean-looking, clear beer. Um, maybe a little bit of a reddish hue in there. Ambery color. You know, so maybe more copper-amber combination type thing. Um, but uh, all in all, yes. Looks like beer. Yeah, it's, got, it's, it's got orange marmalade Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. But maybe. Like, I guess this is going to be really random, but Jurassic Park was on the other day. Like the orange <laughs> of the walking staff from the old dude. <laughs> the amber stick. Yeah. The amber stick. Like, it's kind of that color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you are you trying to write a John Laffler style uh, description for this beer? Dad, are you trying to get my child in here? My child's obsessed with. We've seen, we've seen oh, a thousand God. times this year. That movie actually held up pretty well, like just CGI, yeah, but, whatever. But the rest the of the fact, movie, it's actually still pretty good. The fact that you knew exactly what JT was talking about. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, it's been on. It's been on like TNT or TBS a lot lately. So nonstop. Yeah. There's another one coming out soon. That's why. Mm. So the, the thing that we talked about too here about this being clear, you know, it's not it's not a crystal clear lager beer, right? This is this is a dry hopped beer. There is but we uh we tried swapping over to Biofine. Okay. And we had a little issues with it. and this is the last batch that we're doing that with. So we went back to, uh, gelatin works fine. Or yeah. you let it set for five more days, and we didn't. We, we're not doing that because we don't have time, and the beer's done. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, gelatin works great, but we tried messing around with Biofine, and it it uh, did not work. So we Biofine and gelatinous, and it still has that in it. So but it's did... not it's not offensive in any way. No, like it's, no, no. it's appropriate for the style. Yeah, yeah. It's also like a weird like inner secret within the industry, like. Biofine is super sensitive. Like you can over pitch and you can under pitch, and it's super. We just are. I like gelatin because it's you can't screw it up. You throw it. I've always had luck with it. Now we've only used. I, I I've never find. I only started finding the last probably three years, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just because I, it was weird when I started making hazier, more hazier beers I made, the more I wanted my other beers to be clear. I right. had no problem one being hazy, but if I wanted to make sure there was a diff, uh, differential. A, a clear distinction between the two styles. Yeah. 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 Because this beer, when I made it for seven years, it was probably a little cloudier than this when it went out to market typically. Mm-hmm. And I brewed this beer consistently for years. And this, you know, seven years ago, I'd have been happy with, I would have thought that was filter bright, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I used to send it out kind of cloudy a little, you know, maybe a maybe twice as cloudy as it is looking right now. But it now. would settle yeah. in the 750 bottle. Like we yeah, did we did everything in 750s like an idiot. So you'd have to buy a 750 of this and drink it, you know, 7.6 beer. But seven, seven years stuff. ago, that's what oh, a lot geez. of people Oh, that's what everyone was doing. Yeah, I know. It's It sounds silly now, but that's that was really common. Yeah, well, that's, I hit, that's the only bottle I had, uh, Old Maheen. I still have the Old Maheen. That was the only oh, bottle. Oh, God, the Maheen. I have a 1992. I have his like Dude. second machine. He laughed oh, about it. Oh, good lord! Look- like, so how much how much money have you spent on an Exorcist? None, because I cut <laughs> apart. I've rebuilt it. I put a pre-perger in it. It was set up for 12 ounce. I cut it apart. Now I can make it do anything from a, a heritage bottle up to 750s. Um, I just redesigned everything on it because that's what I do, like an idiot. Uh, now it does work great. Now we're down. We do three seven fives, and when we do bottle stuff, uh, and it'll run. It runs fine, you know. So, so JT, to, to your question, Machine made the bottling line for small craft brewers, and uh, you know it was the it was the standard, but I would not call it the gold standard by any way. Well, there was the only option, uh, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. it was. It was the only thing available to small craft brewers and so it had a lot of um challenges and there wasn't really support for it so if things went south on it it was up to the expertise of the brewers to fix whatever was going on now someone like steve who's adept at refabbing and retrofitting things great and if anyone else had problems well Fuck yeah, I've been, I've been in a lot of breweries. <laughs> I walked in, uh, uh, goddamn, Mike, a microphone, walked in there one day, surprised, and just popped in, and they just got a mean, this a few years ago, they just got a mean, and then Kyle's back to working on it, couldn't figure it out, and everything was fucked up, and he's mad, and I took about, now he had a new one with touchscreen and all fancy and shit, uh, they bought used, but it was a newer version, yeah. and I spent about 15 minutes, showed him how to fix it, diagnosed the problem, and he was like, son of a bitch, I've been messing with it for hours, and he didn't he, you know, been on the phone with Maheen and to, because I'm a white trash idiot, I know how to, <laughs> well, you know what I mean, uh, hillbilly, whatever, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I know how to, I, that's what I do, that's what I know how to do, so I yeah, did it, yeah. figured out what yeah. it was, and so I'm so, just got, got so to Steve run. Got, got a mule and dangled the carrot in front of it and hooked it up, like, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so before we go on with this beer, I want to get back into this, but I, it doesn't ask. Make me want to ask, what canning line do you guys have? Uh, Twin Monkeys. Yeah. Twin Monkeys. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got really lucky in this company that stores and does cans throughout the world. They're an Australian-based company, but they have a warehouse here in um, St. Louis. St. Louis. We were one of the last companies they did this for, but they basically financed our canning line. Oh, nice. um, the way that we pay the canning line off is we buy cans, flats, rings, whatever we use, 
And a certain percentage for all of that goes to paying off the canning line, but we got to pick out what canning line we wanted. That's the pretty slick. Is, That's awesome. It is, but once COVID hit and the canning, the can demic ha- happened where cans were in short supply. Still really, not out the other side of that, by the way. We started paying off our canning line very quickly because we were obviously putting everything into cans. So um, it kind of became an issue where we wanted to slow it down. But Because it was so every can that we buy or, or cardboard or anything is like a, a nickel or a penny extra and the normal price, because then that all goes towards... It's a zero right. percent interest loan, if you will. But they then they get... Uh, you know, the, the extra nickel a can or whatever it is, penny a lid, all goes towards mm-hmm. the loan, the payment. So if we don't can this month, we don't have a loan, bank loan, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So they, if they can't get us cans, then they don't get any money. I, I was going to say that that's a, that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. And it ties directly back to, uh, you know, the asset to liability ratio is one to one there, right? That's yeah, that's, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we pulled all of the uh, up charges on anything but cans so we can extend this zero to write it out longer. Well. Yeah. Right. Right. And then, and you guys are date coding too, which is great to see. I don't know what date coder you have, but that's awesome that's as well. Pain in the ass. Oh, I we, hate it. We started doing Best Buy dates. Um, we realized that was probably not. See, I like Best Buy, but nobody else does. We do canned on, but then we also have, like, <coughs> especially our um, IPAs, like, we have in bright red letters, keeping this cold will keep it last longer. Please yeah, I see that, too. And, that, and that's why I didn't ever like doing Best Buy dates is because I couldn't, I couldn't stand by the way that any other liquor store or anyone else is going to store this shit. And, you know, uh, We've had IPAs that have been kept cold for a year, and I mean they might be a little bit stale, but they're still right. good. But, they were cold. but at the same at the same time, you could have an IPA that goes out there that's been out there for a month, and they kept it, it sitting in their back alley, and it tastes like shit because yeah, yeah, why yeah. storing this beer under forty degrees will keep it fresher longer. Please yeah. keep cold. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm I'm digressing. Sure, uh, Aaron JT. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you know I nerd out on this shit. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so uh, appearance aroma, we do taste, smell, feel, and finish all kind of together because they're all kind of conflated variables. But JT, taste, smell, feel, finish. It's funny that one of the words you guys to describe the smell is something I tasted, and that's the word dank was one mm-hmm. that definitely came immediately. Definitely dry, but still, I like it. But yeah, dank was the first word that came to mind. Other than that, um, I don't get the pininess you usually do from an IPA, mm. and that's kind of welcome. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely consistent. Like, it finishes one flavor. Then it gets to the dank middle, and then it fin- and it finishes how it started, which is kind of cool, if that makes sense at all. But I really like this beer. This is really good. Thank you. I'm really proud of this beer, and I'm proud of him yeah. for it. Aaron? This is my favorite. All right, Aaron. Um, <clears throat> so I, I do get a pininess out of it. Um, not overwhelming by any any means um 
I definitely get a bit of a smooth, malty yep. texture and, and flavor out of it, too, um, which I think probably cuts into the, the piney bitterness of, of what it is. For sure. Um, I get a nice mouthfeel out of it. There's some good carbon and uh, carbonization, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, carbonation, um, but yeah, no, carbonation, our carbonization, yeah. It's turned, carbonization, it's turned you know, yeah. um, <laughs> get some Han Solo carbonite out of it, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, when it goes when it goes down, I still get that ever the effervescent, you know, feel to it, right? That crisp, refreshing, um, that you get out of a well carbonated beer. Um, so I get that out of it too. Overall, I expected when you said you'd based it off of Pliny and I'm going to irritate a lot of people when I say this, that listen to this pod, all 12, um, that think Pliny is is the world's best beer, according to some people I know. Mm. And personally, yeah, it's fine beer. Um, I'm not a huge Pliny fan. Um, and I think this is better than Pliny for me personally, because it's not as piney forward. And uh, to me, Pliny is Pliny is just like stick a pine cone in my mouth, you know? <laughs> and uh, there are people that really love that. I'm not one of those people. Well, thank you. The, the thing that I really like out of, of this beer. So, you know, when I think about taste and, Paired with aroma, it's like those candies your grandma used to have, where they were like hard candies, but they had a jelly center, yeah, uh, type of thing, right? Like I'm getting a lot of that. And the other thing I really like about this is that it's got it like a chewy enough finish, and it 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 kind of surprised me because we were drinking these beers with you know lactose and our and a lot of wheat and oats and should be like these chewy protein rich and sugar rich type of beers that I thought this would have tasted uh, thinner and not that it's not appropriate for the style but it still has like enough of that kind of malty chewy backbone uh, for that hop that it's not just like water with a bunch of hops right um I've, I've, uh, back when i was starting you know 10 years ago doing this uh, a lot of the older brewers around st louis or other brewers would come by and go what, what the fuck are you doing well, i was mashing really high i used back when i started i'd like the beers thick and chewy all of them i don't care what i was drinking yeah cut it with a knife and i used to you know mash at 159 on every single beer oh jesus yeah, and I finally got this down to 152 over the mm-hmm. years. Like last couple of years, I've leaned it down, but there's still a lot of. It's finishing at four two, I think. Okay, okay, which is which is you know which is still high, but it's not it's not cloningly it's not sweet in any way, right? Like it's, yeah, but it's just it's, fuller it's body, still more mouthfeel and sweetness than I I don't know why it does. Can you explain that for better? Because there is. Uh, when you mash high, what happens? Oh, you leave a lot of long chain texture. You, you make the beer more mouthful and chewy at a high, higher mash temperatures. Uh, well, no, no, it, Libby, it's all right. Like we got into this last week, where I, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh yeah, these long chain dextrins and higher gravity. And Aaron's like, 
Shut up, Tim. What are you yeah. mean by high gravity? <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. There, there's a section of our audience that probably wants to hear all of that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I'm and that's fine. I, but just know that my eyes are rolling back in their head because I got no <laughs> idea what you're talking yeah, about. And that's can, why I said Messy High leaves mouth. Can we do a follow-up one of these where we actually explain to people what this means? Because this was a huge part of my like evolution into beer is understanding what all of this meant. Like oh, for yeah. sure. Absolutely, Tim will take yeah. any opportunity he can to nerd out <laughs> um, and sound smart for once, and go and go deep into the weeds. Um, if you too. go back and listen to our podcast with a guy that I know, David Whitney, who's a beer line installer cleaner, that's his business, right? And uh, boy, did they get uh, nerdy on some of the you know <laughs> draft you systems are still one of the things yeah. near dear to my heart. Draft sure. systems. Yeah. What do you do at altitude, and what do you do this? And- I'm your gal. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what do you do at altitude? And yeah, this, so, that, or the other. And, so, uh, so, <laughs> so, Steve, talk about mash temperature and how it relates to to sugar. We don't have to say gravity or Plato or any of those terms. Just talking about how temperature and mash relates to the the final mouthfeel of a beer. If you so you, you typically mash, I don't know, one forty six to one sixties have always been of the numbers you've always heard. You can go a little higher, you can go a little lower. So if to just do a quick one, if you mash at a lower temperature, you get a thinner beer, a little more alcohol pr- produced out of it. Why? Uh, we can be here for seven hours talking about this. So <laughs> because because the the sugars are easier to be uh, are converted in by the, the the yeast. So essentially you have these small chain sugars that can easily be eaten More by the yeast. More foods to the yeast. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, so you got this bag of grain and you got X amount of sugar available. You mash slow, you make more of that sugar available to the yeast who makes Quickly. pisses alcohol and farts carbon dioxide. If you mash high, <laughs> you leave really big pieces of spaghetti or tree branches they can't eat. You leave a little bit so they don't get to eat as much, so they can't piss so much alcohol or carbon dioxide. There you go. Perfect. That is the best explanation I've heard for any of that yet. (laughs) Libby's embarrassed, which is amazing. (laughs) I was going to say, like, literally out of all other things that you've ever done, Steve, the fact that Libby is actually hiding her eyes on this one, that's that's impressive, but... Perfect, because Tim's like uh, yeast is an oxygen scavenger, and this, that, or the other. Uh, look, it, it. You He's know, very it's... good at describing it, but that was the most. We do, we, we that do, was the most succinct I've ever heard. We you do beer tours, it. and people come through, and we'll have thirty people. And I said, "Who's, who's been to a brewery before?" And they all raise their hand. I said, "So you want to fucking look at these shiny tanks, and I can tell you what the last brewery told you and did twenty before, or are we just here and drink beer, and you can ask me questions, and we do that. And if they ask me." I'll start, well, what's that tank for? That's a smash. What's a mash? Well, then I said, we can be here 14 days if you want talking about this shit. Or I could say, what I just told you about mashing and then the yeast pisses out alcohol and farts out carbon dioxide. And now we have beer. Let's drink it. Let's fucking drink. You know, <laughs> get it over with. Yeah, no, I used to, I used to start off every tour by asking who is the home brewer. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and what I would say was, uh, you know what? I'm happy to talk to you guys after this tour is done. Please come ask me any question you want, 
but I'm not going to get into like hospitalization rates for yeah, your mom who's yeah. here who doesn't give a shit about that. So let's turn this into yeah. two different things. You guys are going to do a big swing contest yeah. about how much you know about homebrewing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, there's a whole lot of that. Like the number of times. And again, I'm not bashing on homebrewers. Oh, I started no. as a homebrewer. I'm still a homebrewer. But there's a certain amount where I'm like, you know. Read the room. We, yes. There you right. Go. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. I just hope tomorrow I can remember that. Yeah. Because I've had like. Three big beers during this podcast. Yeah, we're so, going to need to bookmark that shit right there. Yeah. So Aaron has recently started his homebrewing journey. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, he and his neighbor have started homebrewing. So I get a lot of, like, panic text messages where I have to be like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But yes, panic? That's I don't sense. know if I'd call it panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a panic kind of guy. Um, but... um. I, I actually have to run upstairs for a second. Steve, if you could give Aaron your, like... Five pointers right off the bat? Yeah, your quick and dirty homebrewing 101. So if you just started, I mean, you done one or two or three batches or ten batches? Or... Uh, so we, we did two. We've, done, we've right. done two, my neighbor and I. Now, I'll, let me back up a little bit. Twenty-five years ago, let's say... My dad and my brothers and I did some home brewing, yeah. right? Um, a little bit, four or five batches, maybe. Now sure, I was sure. in my teens, and I don't remember much of it. Um, so some of the terminology I remembered when I started, but and we were brewing like dunkles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so my neighbor and I during the pandemic decided we were going to start home brewing, and we our first batch was something that was akin to a uh, fresh squeezed from Deschutes, yeah. similar type of beer. Um, and this last one was just uh, an American lager, basically, um, you know, that, that we brewed that came out at like 3.4% alcohol or something, you know, just a very you drinkable doing, uh, kit, with, kit with an extract kit or are you doing yeah, extract kits? Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, number one thing, and I'm surprised uh, a lot of I've talked to homebrewers have brewed for ten years. A buddy of mine just opened another brewery up in Washington, Missouri. He's he just opened up like two months ago. Made phenomenal homebrew, but he didn't understand the whole uh, keep oxygen per when you're done after you put yeast in a beer or wort or whatever the hell you want to call it. Every you want to keep every molecule of oxygen out of that you can. So anytime you're doing moving the beer, anytime after you put the yeast in, keep the air away from the beer. All you can. I used to, when I was homebrewing, I was super anal about shit. Every tube and hose got purged before I moved the beer. That and you have to be sanitary. I know you've heard that before, but use uh, I'm not they're not paying me for shit. Star sand. Five star chemicals, I love them. Still use them on my brewery and everything. Uh, yes, or commercial especially or over a year, I probably spent a thousand dollars more than other people using cheaper shit. But I know this shit works. It's good shit. Sanitary and keep oxygen out after you after your beer start fermenting, and you'll probably make drinkable beer, if not better. There you go. <laughs> well, 
I did get the seal of approval from my neighbor's wife the other day when she yeah. tried one, and she was like, "Oh, this is good. I can drink this." And she usually just drinks Corona, so right. you know, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's fine. You know, we've definitely drink made drinkable beer to this point. We do use Star Sam. All right, good. Um, you know, the only mistake that I've made, and I sent Tim a picture of it the other day, was uh, I one of the bottles didn't get completely cleaned, and it must have sat with a little bit of beer in it beforehand. And so it had a moldy growth in the bottom of it that came loose when I opened it. And I took the first drink of that, and it was the worst tasting beer. And then it was foaming out over out of the bottle just for like five minutes. Gusher, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was... Yeah, well, yeah, you obviously had some secondary fermentation from whatever... Oh, yeah, it was... Adventitious. Would we call that a wild... Yes. <laughs> yeah, but maybe not one you would want to. No, no, I, it was not... Uh, there was not any good thing that came out of that. Um, but I just happened to miss one when I was cleaning the bottles. You know, I was eyeball checking them all and, you know, all that. And I just, I guess I just missed that one and didn't get it clean. And Yeah, you got to be clean, clean, clean and sanitary with every everything. Yep. You know, yeah, like, well, that's what I do for a living is I do chemical sales, right? For right. restaurants and, you know, bars and kitchens. And so I just got lazy or drunk one of the missed two and it. missed one <laughs> so you know steve says that you know 90 percent of what he does is like maintenance uh, you know really brewing this 90 percent janitorial work Cleaning. yeah yeah, yeah. lower yeah. fly janitor yeah absolutely well, someone who's never homebrew before by cleaning like scrubbing and all that or you just well, you, I mean, you're done brewing a beer. When you're brewing a beer, you have a sanitized sugar water. Okay. So everything wants to live in it, and you want to put one thing to live in it. Okay. Yeast. Yeah. And not let anything else that that wants to yeah. that could live in it. Yeah. So you want to make sure you want one micro microorganism or whatever bacteria, depending on what you're doing. You want you want what you put in it to live. So yeah, your bottles got to be cleaned, your kegs got to be cleaned, whatever your firm, the car boys, buckets. I when I homebrewed, I used nothing but buckets. I never used glass. I bought one glass carboy one time, brand new, cleaned it, dropped it, and then I, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I didn't even get to use it. Yeah, uh, I I I never even. I'd heard too many horror stories. You know, I started that's, that's I started I started, I started I started I started homebrewing in I uh, know. 1999 2000 and i was like and i heard enough horror stories at that time like yeah "Eh, no yeah forget it yeah that's what we have is two we have two glass carboys yeah and then we've also got uh a tapped i guess you want to call it bucket you know with a a valve on it yeah so and then he's got a conical fermenter that somebody gave him that we haven't tried to mess with yet so somebody gave him one yeah his uncle or somebody all right yeah, they didn't have that shit when I saw homebrewing the conicals. Now they're there's homebrewers that have more sophisticated systems than I do here. It's it's crazy yeah. what's going on with the homebrewing world now. It's awesome. Also, yeah, both kids yeah. kids are in bed. We're good. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I saw the Bassett Hound made a brief appearance. Yes. Yeah, uh she'll She's eating now. She's not stupid. She's Oh yeah, she's dumb. <laughs> I have the same argument with my wife about her dog. Dogs, box dogs of, can be dumb. Yes. He's a box of rocks, but he's a lovable box of yeah, rocks. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, man, that is awesome. You guys ready to move on to the next one? Or do you want to finish art? Or- yeah, do you want to tell us what we should be tasting in this? 
Uh, exactly what you said. I mean, it is the. I, I always when I first started making, I always call it. I don't know why I call it a West Coast IPA, and it's really not. It's not. Uh, it's it's got caramel malt. And it shouldn't have you know. Even though back then I used twice as much. Now we're down. I, I was going to say it's so many of those. The the what we call the West Coast at Badger Hill had caramel malt in there. Like the, yeah, the, yeah. There's 700 pounds of two row and 25 pounds of C40. So there's yeah. not a lot of crystal malt in there, but just uh, it used to be a bag. There was 700 pounds of two row. 50 pounds of, and then a couple of years ago, I cut it in half and I wanted to cut it all out just to clean. I just want to make it, clean it up and make it, make it more West coasty, if you will. But I am using the wrong, like Aaron said, uh, I want, I like a, a piney, nasty, danky pine tree beer. I've never made one. I just, uh, I just never got the right hops or used the right hops to do it. Um, but everything yeah, lo- takes. Yeah. A lot more Columbus, a lot of that CTZ. See, there. This is about fifty-fifty Simcoe and Columbus. Uh, okay. And there's a, there is a, there's a Magnum for the bittering. There's a forty. This is dumb. It, this is normal back then, but now there's a, there's a sixty-minute edition for bittering, forty-five, a thirty, a fifteen, a whirlpool, and then double dry hopped. And there's yeah. not large amounts through all of it, but there's, yeah. It's no, just, it, it's silly how much we learned like over the years that you don't have to add it every five seconds. To... Uh, years ago, you did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh was, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no. The uh, case mm. in point it was dogfish it with sixty minute ninety minute. There's continuously feeding hops in from the start of the boil. Right, right. I've I've heard of Simcoe before. This is the first time I've heard of Columbus. Is it a common or not common? It's an uh, it's an old school in quotes hop. It's it was made. Okay. For, it was made for bittering for the big breweries because they did, they didn't care about flavor aroma. They just wanted bitterness. But I, it's one of the cheapest, best hops there is out there. I think it's mm-hmm. a great so, hop. So, so when when you hear about Columbus Tomahawk or Zeus, a lot of times you hear it as CTZ. Okay. Um, it's a a great bittering hop, but I've actually used it as a dry hop. Yeah. In in, in a Belgian IPA. And it was great in that because it does, it's not just about bitterness. It actually kind of has these weird, I mean, it's resinous, but it has these whole other kind of like fruit rindy characteristics that come across in there too. We We, use it, there's a a brew we do called Brewligans. Um, that is all sea hops. It's Columbus, Simcoe, Centennial, and Cascade. Um, and I wish we could make enough of that beer. And there's no milk sugar in it, aka lactose. Um, but it's it's super, a hazy beer. It's yeah. super old school hops in a hazy beer. And it's that, it's probably the best hazy beer we make. The dogs yeah, trying to drink beer. Stop it. And she's so, trying to drink beer. Yeah, Lucy's so, in. So, JT, when we talk about these beers, like we've talked about how how Sierra Nevada, how, you know, you and I have rediscovered this beer. You probably have one, you're right. So that, that is, that I picked is the, up a six-pack tonight, actually. Yeah, that's the quintessential Cascade beer. So if you want to okay. know what Cascade hops taste like, it's that beer. If you want to okay. know what Centennial hops taste like, you go get Bell's Too Hearted. Too Hearted, like, yes. yep. Right, right? Like, there's certain beers and certain hops and so, you know, when Libby's talking about all the sea hops, there's all these classic hops. Yeah. At, at, you know, Cascade and Centennial. And Columbus is one of those that got in there, but it also has um, it's more versatile and less 
uh, iconic. I don't know, like what the right word is. It's not uh, glamorous. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not okay. glamorous. Right. Yeah. So it was overlooked. I mean, it was used for such a bittering hop for so long. It's been overlooked for what it can do for a West Coast style IPA, for an American style IPA. But every people brewer. Are, people are looking for the mosaic, the galaxy, the overly juicy, but they. I mean, the subtle nuances of these hops <laughs> that are able to be grown <coughs> in the United States is, it's kind of tragic because these hops are fantastic. Like you said, like it's very subtle nuances that give this that juiciness, that balance, but that no, not over the top, like candied. If, if you're going to put like uh, orange peel uh, in, in the mash, mm-hmm. CTZ as a late edition hop or a dry hop works re- complements really, really well because it has kind of that rindy, yeah. f- orangey fruitness without being overly sweet, without being overly, you know, like like cit- citrus is a cheater hop. Like if you want to take a bad beer and make it good, just dry hop it with, cit- with citra, right? Uh, Columbus takes more of a like a deft hand. Like don't put in too much, but don't just rely on it in, in in the boil. Same with Zythos. I mean, I have yeah, a, yeah. I mean, we have a one hundred percent Zythos double IPA that we produce maybe once every couple years, and I mean, people demand it, but it's hard to get that. I mean, it's called Rat Salad, also, which is also a hard. It's a black, it's a black Sabbath re- like reference for this guy, but it's one hundred percent Zythos, and I mean that. I love that beer. Yeah, we probably there... Go ahead. Sorry. I just haven't brewed that beer in a while. I need to brew that. It's been a couple of years since I brewed that beer. Is we had a... 20 You've got my address. Days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can drive down. It's not that far of a drive from my house to get down there. Tim, Tim asked when we were going to make it to St. Louis. I don't know, Tim. We got a lot of places we got to go. I know we do. We do. <laughs> That's the problem. We got the Oregon trip with Anya. Yeah, and then yeah. we've got yeah, we've got to go to St. Louis now, which we could go into Kansas City, hit dubious claims in Excelsior Springs, and then go over to St. Louis. Yeah, that's three and a yeah. half hours then, or something. Yeah, that's an easy drive. I mean, I've I've gone down to San Diego and, and visited Anya. Uh, Anya Carter is. Uh, I uh, cannot wait to meet that woman. Um, she is fantastic. I got to hang out with her when she was still at South Park. Uh, I go out to to San Diego every year. Um, but man, I love that woman. She's she's, she's awesome. just amazing. Yeah. Is there uh, yeah. is there a quintessential uh, Columbus uh, beer then? No, nobody's no. That's Centennial. Nobody's really like single hop. With okay. This, I mean, they probably have, but uh, not a big, not around, not a big, big beer everywhere kind of a thing. Okay. It's used okay. in a lot of beers. You M- know. M- McKellar did this single hop series once. I bet well, they sure. did a, a Columbus one there. You could probably find. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's done about everything he can do. Right. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I don't know, guys. What are you thinking? 
Do you want to do the last one? Yeah, why don't we jump okay. in? There's, there's more than one left. We've only done three, but... Last one. So you got what? We we have one left. How many you got here? Well, I sent them six. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot sitting here. As I experienced this summer when Libby sent me some uh, eight months ago or whatever, there's a, a, more than enough. Bonus beers. Yeah. No, no. So if we do so what, I'm going to need to grab some more water here. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I have been oh, very oh, grateful. Oh, I've been very grateful that you guys have have uh, spent enough of your budget on sending beers <laughs> out to. Yeah, I feel like we should like. Do you want us to like PayPal you some money for this? Because this stuff is amazing. Uh, we need one point three seven seven million dollars <laughs> so we can buy the building we're in. No. So go ahead. Oh uh, <laughs> no, no. That's a, no. Um, unfortunately a little out of my budget. I, yeah. I I've been trying to get that just for for better units to keep going. So I... <laughs> we're still trying to figure out how to pay Tim. <laughs> so I do not want anything. No. Um, no. We'll get you drunk when you come down there, or you get us drunk. Yeah, you do you guys? Uh, I usually be come arranged. down there for. <laughs> I, I graduated me. from U and I, so I'm an, I usually come down for the Missouri Valley tournament. Do you guys get enough people for Arch Madness, or do people not make it that far yeah, out? But no. what year? Where did you graduate from? U of I. I graduated in U and I in 2006 with what most places would call TV and radio, but we call electronic media. So I worked in radio. Was that no. 2004? Wait, from U and I. What what you study then? Uh, English education with an emphasis in Shakespeare. Working okay, so you were in you were in Schindler all the time. Mm-hmm. I was in Lang all the time. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No. Yep. Two thousand and four. What was that like, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand and four. I was um, working at Best Buy headquarters up here in Minneapolis. I was a. Uh... <laughs> You were an athletic director, weren't you? I was a high school athletic director and head oh. football coach, I think, in 2004. Uh, Aaron, you win. <laughs> so where, where did you, what what dorms did you stay at then? I was in one year at Dancer and then moved off campus. Um, I lived in ISL for one year and then moved off campus. Okay. This has been you and I nerd talk. There you Yay. go. For yes. once, after all the Iowa State so, nerd talk for years, I finally get my moment. That's true. You finally oh, had your moment, JT. That's true. So we're going to drink uh, some silhouette next, yeah? Steve, anything you want to tell us before we drink this? Yeah, the label says 7%, but it's actually 9.2. Jesus. Uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's not within the 0.3%, Steve. But the 7% <laughs> got stuck on there from our cat spit stouters, or baby stout. I don't know why that's on there. We yeah, we're changing. That's, that's on me. That's so when you so when you buy labels as a brewery, you buy you gotta buy 10, 20, 30, 100,000 to save money. Yes. So we still gotta burn through these old ones before we get the right number on the next batch. <laughs> Just use a sharpie. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. what I said <laughs> on every can. Yeah, as long as the feds don't find out or the state or whatever. So that's all right. They don't listen to this. Yeah, they're not listening. <laughs> okay, so anyway, guys, let's go ahead and pour this into our glass. Oh, my God. Uh, which when I opened it, it smelled so good. It smells it great. Does. It does. Uh, I before can I get into anything, I want to say that it I can actually out... smell this one. <laughs> like, like it pours out like motor oil, but in a good way. Yes. Right? I feel like the dude on, on Over the Top who just cracks the can of Mobile One and drinks <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was I was thinking of uh, home improvement, sex, love, and Valvoline. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, no. This the the aroma is really fantastic. When I opened this, I I immediately got a kind of a sweet chocolatey, yep. you know, smell to it. I mean, it was very very strong right out of the gate um which is fantastic and uh you know that's that's the smell i get out of it and it just it, it's very inviting because it like i don't maybe a a bit of a you know like a chocolate cookie type smell you know, like fresh baked chocolate, the chocolate chocolate cookies you can get, the double chocolate with chocolate that chip sounds, and chocolate. Sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's kind of the the aroma that I got out of it. And I the was like, sweet oh, chocolate. I want, want to drink this. All right, so yeah. JT, what are you? You said you can actually smell this. Yeah, it's good. I definitely get the chocolate smell of it, but I get more of the you know when you do chocolate chips, you can kind of get the sweet chips. I kind of get that to it. Um, yeah, it's definitely a very pleasant aroma. Um, but it definitely, like if I said, what should a stout taste like or smell like, this is what it should smell like. There, there's a little bit of an, like, um, anise almost, right? Like, like, like a hint of, of. Star anise. Like black licorice. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. Right. But like. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but like it's it's um it's appropriate. It's not offensive. Like you get Yeah. Like you get the the kind of tang from the black yeah. but yeah. without having yeah. it being acidity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. for those of you playing the drinking game that drink every time Tim says appropriate, I hope you're still awake. <laughs> oh my gosh so i have to <laughs> go go finish we uh drove to montana for steve's 50th last month um and we listened to the brewing network where they did one with uh the rare barrel with alex and uh and, and jay and anytime anybody mentioned appropriate or pandemic or uh, trying times trying times yeah. they all had a drink there certain times certain times they were wasted yeah, by the end yeah. of the podcast i love yeah. that one what part of the montana we uh, went to uh whitefish a little south of whitefish uh, okay yeah i went to i was I spend a lot of time in Montana for work. It's beautiful. I've never been. You know, it's one of the few states I wasn't. I haven't been to. And why not go in February when it's you know negative twelve? As my truck was telling me driving out. Uh, yeah. Goddamn it! It was you guys. Well, I don't know about you or you guys, but we got hit down here with the same coldness, but a foot of snow. We were up there for that week and had two inches. No, it was it was negative nine and twelve and seventeen. But anyway. Yeah. We were supposed, yeah, we was, were supposed to go to Belize it, it was for his 50th, but that obviously wasn't happening. So we went to Montana instead. And drank stuff. I understand that. I was supposed to go to Greece last summer, and that didn't happen either. It so, didn't happen, you know. yep. So Steve actually was going to move to Belize before he decided to marry his first wife. Like that, He was going to open up a brewery and live down there. Like well, I was going to be a mechanic and be a millionaire down there working on cars. <laughs> <laughs> like fifteen thousand dollars a year, you know. This was in the nineties, early to mid nineties. Yeah, 
And how many times you wake up good. in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going, God, why did I do that? No, I don't. I, <laughs> I should have. No, I don't. <laughs> good old lady. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an old lady now. Good old lady. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, so uh, that's funny. Was, I was drinking this. Trying, I, I, I'm terrible at descriptors, and I kept wanting to. I couldn't put my finger on it till you said uh, the star niece or something like that, and it, it triggered me to thinking a million things at once, and that's what it is. Yeah, uh, licorice maybe, but it's it's some kind of weird yeast byproduct. I think of stressing out the yeast. But it's I, again, it's not, all of his beers. Yeah, again. Yes, I say appropriate a lot, but my point is, <laughs> is that it's done with a deft hand, and Don't not deft done... hand drink. <laughs> <laughs> is that drink twice? <laughs> so when I say that these beers are done well, what I'm trying to say is that it's not over the top, and you can go fuck yourself, Aaron. There you go. That sounds fair. Okay. No. So okay. Fair. So anyway, we're there with aroma. <laughs> Uh, appearance, it's I think black. we all agreed. It's, it's dark. <laughs> it's dark. It's a motor stout. oil. Motor oil. It's kind. It's kind of insulting, but it's appropriate. And a very chocolate-covered or covered colored okay. head when you pour yep. it. You know that that nice chocolatey light chocolate color. Uh, so I am yeah. still getting ahead around the edge of the glass, though. Yep, me too. Okay. All right. So uh, mouth, feel, like taste, and, and finish. <laughs> Go ahead, like, JT. I... Hold on a second here. I was going to say, like, I'm impressed by, like, how thick it poured that it doesn't feel like I'm trying to slug down um, molasses. Like, it has, like, a... Right. I'm right? really proud that it's only four ingredients. Like, a lot of people use, like, LME or milk sugar like this doesn't contain any of yeah that. it's just it's, it's a beer it's yeah. just yeah. a straightforward yeah. stout and i'm really happy with what steve's been able to do with the mouthfeel with this one yeah. right it's, it's just, yeah i was gonna just say despite the fact it's as thick and as heavy as it is it's kind of actually a light mouthfeel for me um it has a little bit of effervescence for me yeah it's yeah definitely got the effervescence and it's it's smooth it's you look at this you're like this is just gonna be thick as hell and it's not it's like almost like an optical illusion that tastes amazing like yeah Did you, you know go back I, here again what i get out of it that is an almost it's almost a boozy yep beer you know you think of a barrel aged stout where you get that 12 13 percent and you get you get the really heavy booziness out of that this is just right there on that line of, like, there's enough booze in there that you can kind of get that boozy taste out of it, but it's not overwhelmingly so. Um, who is it? Oscar Blues uh, 1050. Yeah. Or 1050. It's, it reminds me of that, but less boozy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very boozy, like, 13.1 or something percent. That's my uh, sleepy time medicine. Um, <laughs> this is a similar type of beer, uh, is from from a lot of standpoints, but but just turned down enough, you know, to not give you that really boozy taste. 
which I think is probably without being a brewer incredible given that like you said it's four ingredients and it's you're not doing anything crazy like putting it in a you know whiskey bo- barrel or anything to do that yeah so we, we have a beer called liquid spiritual delight um shortened as lsd which you, sh- which you should have you a ton of drugs in his life yeah whatever um <laughs> But the way that we get the thirteen point one or whatever we do for that beer is we add LME liquid malt extract, um, which there's nothing to be ashamed about. Like that's how you get like you can only fill the mass. Yeah, the mass, yeah, yeah. Hole, so yeah, you use it. I'm really proud of the fact that we use only the four ingredients for this one. We're able to get the mouthfeel for it. So um, that's really high praise. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nine percent beer. We we can do that. That's about all we can do with the, uh, without a really long boil or a crazy uh, double mashing or any of that kind of shit. Steve, have yeah. you, have you put this into to bourbon barrels or any yeah. other type of barrels? It, I still it I still think it doesn't hold. I think it it, it thins doesn't out. hold up as well for really? whatever it, reason. I I still like beers that be, especially stouts to be super thick and chewy. Mm-hmm. So or LSD is. That's a uh, thirty. I love that LSD. Starts at thirty-one. <laughs> yeah, it starts at thirty-one Play-Doh. That's a three-hour boil. Oh, Jesus. And then three it goes, hour three-hour boil. Yeah, this year I used to not do that, but I was putting uh, dried malt extract in for for a lot. Now we're we feel get the mash on maxed out. Still might put a couple bags in uh, to get volume, so I can get a, at least a kettle full. Uh, yeah. And then we'll boil for three hours. And then we'll do the beard on its own, or or we barrel age it. I really like. I finally tweaked that beard this year, and I'm really happy with it. After ten years of making it, we have barrel aged this beer, and what I found is what we're getting really good at as a brewery is instead of like labeling, we're doing barrel aged silhouette, we're doing barrel aged LSD is blending barrels. We're getting really really good yeah. at blending, and that has been. I mean, even with our sour stuff, that's been kind of key with this past year. We've had the time to, we have the space to. So we'll blend one barrel of LSD, two barrels mm-hmm. of Silhouette, and two barrels of Chico's. And like it's that. a mixed out. And we're getting really high reviews and praises for these beers because we're actually taking the time instead of like labeling these beers, this is the barrel aged version of this. This is released. This is yeah, playing with them. Taking the time to figure out what barrels play well with each other. That and was, I, yeah, that was something we talked about last week with with Laffler. With John, and, yeah, yeah, was about the art of of blending and how important that is. Right, is it, just learning how. Which we've, always, which we've always done with our funky barrels, but we never yeah. really considered with our barrel aged stouts and like. <sighs> Do but it matters just as much, really. Like, yeah, how, you, how you figure out each... Yeah. Give me all the stouts. <laughs> Bartender, make it a stout. Blending sessions, Aaron. What's that? You need to come down for some blending sessions. We you pull down do. 20 or 30 barrels, and we all stand around and take little samples, taste each barrel, talk about each barrel, say, this is vanilla. I'm 100% in. And then, done your drink. I have a brother there, 
And yeah, I have yeah, like five yeah. weeks of vacation to burn every year, and half the time I give just, vacation just, back. Yeah, just, yeah. just come down with, with like like a a bottle of stainless steel or a bottle, <laughs> a box of stainless steel nails, and help them blend barrels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what I have to show up with. I will. You, don't have you to show tell me what to bring. Nothing but a smile. We'll pull nails. We have nails in all of our yeah. barrels. Like, all right. I'm in. I'm all about it. I love stouts and porters and the dark beers. I'm probably in the minority these days. It no, seems I'm like. with you. I love stouts and yeah, but I so. love them. I don't. It's think so amazing. So. You went from bush light and bud light to like completely dark and amazing. I mean, I've always loved the dark stuff. I just never went and drank it because, hmm. you know, it's it's. I don't go out and I don't spend a lot of time out, right? So I don't go find dark beers and it's easy to buy a case of Budweiser 12 pack of Miller High Life bottles. It's and you could drink it 12. Was, you can't drink 12 of these. One of the most challenge amazing. accepted. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Steve, Steve, one time we had a, a, a zoom call and he polished off an entire bottle of four roses. So, <laughs> Oh, oh shit. All right. <laughs> one of the most amazing things about COVID, um, is i mean a year ago almost the day tomorrow is when we shut down everything is to show people's tastes have come out like we had four different saisons that we could not move to save our life and the moment that covid hit we basically sold out of them same with stouts like it was weird people would come here and but we had it for six months or a year it's been really eye-opening to watch people when they come in to the tasting room buy what they think that people should buy versus when they're able to have that ability online to buy what they want to buy beer-wise it was it was kind of weird because the saison wouldn't move on tap it would bottles wouldn't sell COVID hit we were just to go only and we sold the crap out of them because people would sold out within a week yeah yeah, I love saisons. I love that is the best beers. You know, I love stouts and porters. It's like I'm on either end of the spectrum. It seems like to me, like I, I'm not an IPA guy, although they're fine. You learn to like them a lot more and identify more nuance. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, just because I can identify them better doesn't mean that I like them a lot better. Um, <laughs> That's for but, you. Own. The crazy thing about this whole COVID shutdown, like thankfully we were able to set up a to-go shop pretty immediately, is a lot of people I felt like were able to buy what they wanted to buy anonymously without having to do like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy this milkshake IPA. Not that we produce them then, but like, you know yeah. how the, the 450 North like big dick swing or like this is what I got from X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Like, people yeah. were able to buy what they wanted anonymously, and like the fact that saisons moved within a month, we went through four hundred cases of saison within the first wow. month. It, 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 it's it, really it, amazing, it, Aaron. When, when I was still brewing, I tried to brew saisons. I I had a, a, a one of my brewers had this rye saison recipe that I'm like, I want to make this, <laughs> and and the taproom manager's like, I can't sell this beer. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. We're going to make this beer, but it was all going to go down the drain if she wasn't going to try to sell it. And it was just one of those things that was such a struggle. That's not 
something that gets Joe and Jane Sixpack excited to come into your oh. tap room, but there's but, some of the best beers ever. But, but people can yeah, they order are. anonymously online <laughs> for to go. Saisons are some of the more quickly. Tim, you come down yeah. here, you brew that beer. We'll donate to the charity of your choosing. <laughs> you come down here, Bruce. Yes. Holy shit. I love this idea. No. Do it. Libby, I Libby, I will hold you to this. Yeah. If I can I come down it. and do brew it. with I Steve. I don't Steve. like rye or rye saison, so let's do it. <laughs> Steve, if 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 I can hold you to this, can I come down to St. Louis and we'll brew with here, you guys? Be here by midnight, Stop 1 a.m. No. <laughs> Do you Seriously, wanna... Steve, can I can I come down and brew with you? Well, sure. Why not? I love doing that shit. Yeah, Tim. Oh my God. Yes, please. I would love it. I you would or do you want individual beer? I'm not going to know what to do, but I'm going to have to be there for that. Yes, yeah. Sir, Aaron. No, I was saying we need to find a way to make a bitter units beer one of these days too. I got to think. So my folks live in Missouri now. They've retired years ago now, but live back in Missouri. They live south of Sedalia, about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Down by the Truman Lake, Lake of the Ozarks yeah, confluence yeah. there. My grandparents are from Sedalia. Yeah, so they live down in Lincoln, technically. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I may be back this summer, and I may have to just dump my wife and kid off. <laughs> yeah, that's two <laughs> at, and a half the grandparents' hours. house and come to St. Louis for a few days. So, did we just lose Tim? Yeah, he's quit. I think he's getting another beer. Or pee. Oh, okay. He ran off. He's oh, peeing. okay. That's Where's okay. The- I still hold the record. I'm the only person to have passed out during the middle of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that day you were driveway drinking oh, with it your. Was, it was a shenanigans. But fest. you guys were doing like 13% stouts and. So, like, well, yeah. no, it was all fresh hop IPAs. Okay, but you, yeah, you were tying one on like. Four hours before the podcast started. Yeah, it was maybe fresh early, maybe season. like six hours before the podcast started. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fresh hop season, and we bought a bunch of fresh hop IPAs and started drinking them. And we were sharing them, right? We were pouring a can, yeah. pouring a sixteen ouncer tall boy, and between three people. So I'm like, we're not drinking that much. Nope, it's fine. Okay, we did so- the math the next day, and we'd had like ten a piece in four hours. That'll you do know. it. And it was it was a absolute mess. All right, JT, this is Max. Hi, yeah. Max. This is my OG kitty. <laughs> I like Max. Is like, oh, you're you're on a computer right now. Let me get in front of it and put my butt in your face. Yeah, that's kind of his mo. Yep. Oh, so when is the next stout? Uh, when's the next barrel thing? Barrel blending? Uh, yeah. probably about two months. Two, two or months. three months. I can do that. A year on some barrels again. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron, let's let's figure it out. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that. Yeah, a time where you and I can fly down there. I will. Uh, Two months. I'll bring a, a recipe to Steve and say, "Hey, fix this recipe so and let's go do this together." Recipe, that's whatever. A, it is. I mean, that's easy enough. Uh, that's in May, 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 June. So we'll all, June. Ballpark. We'll yeah. all be vaccinated by then. Like all of our by next week. Our yeah. First, yeah. Yeah, we're all all shot it up here. We're going to be in the next couple days. Yeah, see, that'll be perfect. I'll come down. I'll I'll brew with Steve, and uh, you come down. Yeah, I I promise to drink. 
That's all I can call <laughs> You and me, same page. You want you want me to stand behind the bar and <laughs> pour beers? I can do that, but I'm going to drink. No, yeah. you can sit at the bar. We had awesome bartenders. All right, I'll bring, I'll bring my niece as a designated driver, and then she'll yeah. probably get drunk, and we'll have to call my brother, her dad, or just Uber to come and get us. <laughs> so, or Uber, yes, yeah, Uber, so. Lyft. You guys have any more questions for us before we? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say we should probably wrap so. this thing up here, guys. But <laughs> yeah, we're we're cranking it out here, but it's it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. I really sorry appreciate so long. Yeah. No, 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 no don't be sorry I, at all. I feel, this is I feel awesome. Bad no, this is like up, the best. Yeah, I feel like bad that we've taken up your night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this is we love doing this. Kids, kids are down. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is been fantastic and we we really appreciate you guys taking the time and giving us the time you know you don't have to and uh you know we're just a couple of schmoes that don't well tim knows something about beer but the other two of us are just a couple of schmoes that like to drink beer so Uh, steve and i are like this like passing like with kids we very rarely get this down and talk about yeah this beer so this is all besides eight hours a day (laughs) <laughs> right, but that's that's a different scenario. Like he does yeah. that, and I tell him to shut the fuck up yeah. most of the times. Of the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm I'm here for hearing that too when I'm down there. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, I'm glad to have gotten a chance to drink your beers. Um, I've seen a lot of the early COVID care packages that you sent to people, Libby, that on Twitter <laughs> of the people that I followed. And um, I'm so excited and happy to have had a chance to, to try that and get to know you guys. It's, it's been a, a real blast tonight. Um, I don't, I don't know that we can thank you enough and I know you're apologetic about how long this has taken. And we've had a couple of long podcasts in the past too, but um there's no no need to apologize. We we enjoy doing this, and we're glad you guys have had a good time. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where you guys are welcome to come back at any time, anytime you want to talk about anything you're doing that's new or different. You are welcome back here. You can plug and use us as free advertising to our dozens of listeners. <laughs> Drink if you're uh, still awake. Um, <laughs> you know, Anya would and, Anya would call that out. That's right. Anya would have called us out for that. Um, but <laughs> it's it's fantastic. And you think you're yeah, I'm kidding, but I'm coming for no, no, no. come on down blend, for, for stout blending. I'm in. So we have nowhere to go. We're here twenty four. That, that may be a once in a lifetime opportunity for a guy like me, and I'm a hundred percent down. So uh, Tim, <laughs> anything you want to? say before we get out of here i well first of all i i did want to plug something else i did want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at united we drink um Mm -hmm. so uh, those guys are obviously fantastic mike and joel are, are good friends they're supportive they're encouraging and they have you know they're the reason we did the charity live stream for for Christmas. They're the guys that have really 
advance all of this stuff, but you know, Libby knows those guys. Libby knows what a great guy Joel is and, and, and how awesome for the brewing industry those guys are and how fun it is to have those guys be kind of a, I don't know, a cousin podcast for us. I'm, I'm really grateful for everything those guys do. So please, all of our listeners, if you don't go listen to United We Drink Now, uh, just just go do it. Go download download those guys and and listen to what they have to say. They're they're fantastic guys. To yep. the moon, Joel. To the moon. <laughs> cannot uh, cannot emphasize that enough and back that enough. Joel and Mike are really good assets to this industry. Um, Joel's a very big advocate for mental health, which I cannot advocate enough behind. Um, and especially during the pandemic. Especially during the pandemic. And if you do not follow United We Drink or Joel on any social media, I highly encourage it because it is, I mean, the shit is heavy. Let's be real about it. So, For sure. No, absolutely. Um, JT, anything you want to want to close with? No, every, I, I, what, we're four beers and now every single one has been incredible. Uh, I can't wait get to, to get down to St. Louis. Because it's honestly, it's one You're of my invited. easiest. Tri- <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to show up anyway. So. Okay. <laughs> I'll show up in a hockey jersey and spare room. Just show up. No, no, the the, the collab beer we're, we're making is called JT. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself that like every single day. But it's no, going to be a no. caramelized walnut infused porter called Nut House. <laughs> nut or butter? You can no. Nut butter. Uh, but yeah, there's actually there, I have a beer in my fridge right now that's called D's Nuts, and I love it. But uh, actually, there sorry. used to be there used to be a brewery here real quick in Altoona called Wing Nut with two T's, but now it's something completely different. It's the same place with the new ownership. But but no, all these beers have been incredible. I can't wait to come down. St. Louis is such an easy trip from Des Moines. I used to do it every year for Arch Madness because I'm a UNI fan, and that's just such a fun weekend. But yeah, I'll definitely need to come back down sometime soon, and yeah, absolutely check it out. Awesome. We really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you very Thank much, you. Tim, for having us. I'm glad he got to join us. He's much more entertaining than I am. So. Yeah, better looking. I'm so, um, honestly, Libby, <laughs> I, I was just super excited. Like You've been one of the most supportive, positive people for me and and making me feel like I'm doing good things in the industry. And so for you to say, Hey, can Steve jump in here? I'm like, well, shit, if I have to deal with him, yeah, it was fantastic to have you both on. It was a, a pleasant surprise. So Steve, thank you very much for joining yeah. us as Absolutely. well. Awesome. Yeah, well, beer and blend beers. Come on down. You damn right. We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With, with with that, this has been another episode of Bitter Units. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us this long. I don't know what the final edited version of this is going to be, <laughs> but it's worth every minute, and I'm glad you stuck it out with us. Um, make sure you check out thetailgatesociety.com. All the podcasts at the Tailgate Society uh, are available on every streaming platform. You can find Bitter Units individually at every streaming platform as bitter units, uh, rate, review, subscribe, 
We have a website, bitterunits.com. You can reach out to us there with questions, comments, concerns about JT. Um, no other concerns <laughs> are allowed, but just JT. Um, so if you have any of that, send it to us. If you've got ideas of what you would like us to talk about, people you would like us to try to get on the pod, we can't make any promises, but we'll do our best. Um, any of that kind of stuff that you might want to recommend to us, we're happy to listen. Um, it doesn't mean we'll do it, but we will listen. Um, so again, thank you so much. It's been right at a little over a year. I think the podcast that's going to release today or tomorrow really does mark the year. That's our podcast with John, uh, from off color that, that you've hopefully already listened to right at a year of bitter units. And to be honest, I didn't know if we'd make it this long. Um, because I kind of thought being rivals, Tim and I might've killed each other already. But we haven't. <laughs> uh, so really appreciate it. Couldn't be happier to kick off year two, uh, with second shift, but it just so happens that how it works. Second. Wow. Shift yeah. That's, that's awesome. The, the real bitter units were the friends we made along the way. fucking fired (laughs) all right you guys fight it out we're going to bed cheers thank you good night bye